0: on all
1: right <laughs> here 43. we are 43 <laughs> oh my goodness this, this us having to record the next day we were saying last night it could not have come at a better time or a better episode it's because true. wow do we need to get this out and <laughs> i know talk about this freaking episode
0: i was telling ashley last night when we were i mean we didn't text too much because we do try to be good about that so that we save all of our stuff for the podcast but i was telling her like i think if we weren't planning to record until our regular time we probably would have done like a quick like feelings purge after the live episode like because I think we
1: would have needed to.
0: It, it, yeah, it was... Like, like 40 for EK. EK, yes. Like, it was just yeah. one of those things where it's like, we need an emergency purge so that, like, we Gosh. can get all of our crazy feelings out so that they're more organized by the time we record. Mm-hmm. Um So this is kind of a mix of that because it hasn't even been 24 hours since the episode aired. <laughs> and... Then we both watched with the subs last night, which were marginally better than they were last yeah, week. actually. There was a chunk of di- – and I can't remember the scene now, but there was a chunk of dialogue missing like mm-hmm. that wasn't translated. But yeah. Will is so sweet. She's like – both her and Miriam and even our wonderful sub guy were offering to help us with any kind yes. of um, clarification we might, not, might need for scenes because they all knew we wouldn't be able to wait for – the good subs or have days to yeah. like ask people for help or anything like that. And so, since Willa had messaged me, I was like, okay. And I think I listed like three or four scenes specifically, like, and then she sent us like a zillion of, but they were all so helpful because one of the scenes she wound up sending was from that. From the scene in the um, subs where you were missing, like, two or three sentences from. Right. So it was – I was like, oh, this is so nice. This isn't even – I don't even think this is a scene I specifically had asked for originally, but we clearly needed it. So it was, like, super, super great. So what's funny, too, is I know we just – we were recording a lot this week, especially because we had to split our other recording into two days. But that (laughs) – this whole episode – jam-packed so much i know i feel like it's been weeks since 42 aired now like i know the the
1: amount of ground that was covered is yes so amazing and i think you know while this was the first time i've been able to live watch during the second season Mm -hmm. because i've been working but i had the day off yesterday and i had to run errands but i like ran home so that i could finish the episode and I just thought it was so deft – such such deft writing mm-hmm. to have this – this whole episode really – the the foundation and the setting of the episode was all about Kiraz. And mm-hmm. the, she was kind of the whole background and especially because it's her birthday, it really – she was kind of um, the foundation of all of it. And I just thought that was really smart because – in the end it was gonna it's going to be kiraz that brings the two of them together again yeah it's she is now the link she's the, the invisible link uh-huh. mhm not so invisible the, the very hand- visible
0: yes <laughs> yeah the very visible link handcuffs between the two
1: of them mm-hmm. yeah and their love for her and obviously serkan still loves ada and of course ada still loves serkan but yes. like the, the she's that tether
0: for right. Them. And I think it was done so well because she's not the reason right. they're going to be together. Like, yes, she is. No. Po- I see her totally parent trapping them in the future and like creating situations where they have to be close and she might be like, yes. mom, go sit by dad. Like, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But she's not the reason like we've spent we spent the first three episodes of the season clearly establishing that these two still love each other Mm -hmm. like and even and like I know we'll dive into these when we get to these specific scenes but like gosh I just I can't praise it enough because when Sarah even like when we get to the scene where Sarah Khan actually like reads the journal and watches the videos I'm like that is pure evidence that Edda never had any ill intentions she mm-hmm. never wanted to keep them apart. She had no ill will. Like, she truly was doing what she – in in the situation they were in, what was best for her child and yeah. for her and for Serkan. Like, yeah. you know, and like, uh, yeah. If – I don't know. I feel like I'm probably going to be really petty this episode. But because I just feel like there's just a lot where I'm like, okay, haters, like – what leg do you actually have to stand on now, really and truly? Like,
1: right. <laughs> well, and and the thing is, you you and I were talking about this recently. Um, just <laughs> how we are very consistent in that we root for the couple. Mm-hmm. We do not pick sides right. on this podcast. We haven't since the beginning. No, nope. I don't think even it's in the that we'll even in do. the ek days. Like, yeah, right. I mean, unless something were to happen, I think we would have our reasons for for choosing a side, so to speak. But what do we want here? Like, what's the the result that we want for these shows? We want them together. We want them happy. Yes. And we know that people make mistakes. We know that people make bad decisions. Mm -hmm. We know that people say hurtful things. We'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that's human nature. Yes. And... I think that a true understanding of human nature is written into the characters in that way and gives them those gray areas and those nuances Mm -hmm. and the different facets of personality because people are not one note. They don't just have one facet of their personality. Right. You get to know know them and they're – Like an onion and there are layers and there are so many different things and so many different reasons that people do things. So I just – I think you can forego a lot of hurt or frustration in Mm -hmm. watching these episodes if you keep stuff like that in mind.
0: Right. Like somebody – I wish I had screenshotted the tweet. So apologies if you recognize me talking about this tweet and it's yours. Let me know um, if you're like, that's my tweet. Here it is. Um, But somebody basically was like, listen, (laughs) good writing doesn't mean sunshine and roses all the time. Yeah. Like good writing doesn't mean you only ever feel happy reading it. Mm -hmm. Like that's very one dimensional as a matter of fact. Like, you know, and it's one thing like. Poor writing. Okay, you can have uh, a Sunshine's and Rose's story that's still written very poorly. Like, you know what I mean? So anyways, Mm -hmm. this person was basically like, good writing. There are going to be characters that upset you or piss you off because they're Mm -hmm. meant to do that. Like, not every character is meant to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Um, Not every plot line is even meant to make you feel warm and fuzzy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and while I think I I per- I personally believe their, their writing is very different. The comparison she used, though, I was like, this is actually a really, like, I get what you're saying. Because she's like, listen, Shonda Rhimes has pissed me off I don't know how many times. Like, <laughs> um, but basically, like, I, but I love her writing and I keep going back to it. Sure. And while they're on two different playing fields as far as the kind of writing, it's not the same. The core point she was making... I was like, that is so true. Like, yeah. you know, um, so I I just think that's one thing to keep in mind, too. Like, there are different emotions that are supposed to be elicited from us. Um, yeah. You know, because, like, yeah, am I annoyed with iFair and Idon? A hundred percent. Do – as much as I am, there's this part of me, too, that I'm like, I get it because they're being protective of their children. Like, sure. And I'm sure as a parent, it's easy to see only your child's pain and not necessarily everyone else's. um, Of course. You know? Um, And so, like, I get it. But does that mean I'm excusing them or that I think it's okay the way they're acting? No. No. Does that mean they're being (laughs) poorly written? No. Because the way I was annoyed with Idon in the episodes that shall not be mentioned was an entirely different kind of annoyance. Same thing. The way I was annoyed with SERCON and – All of that like that had nothing to do with me being like mad at um, – I just totally lost my train of thought. Sorry. I haven't even finished my full cup of coffee. Anyways, it was just a different kind of like – I wasn't mad because the writing was so good that they were like pissing me off with how, how well they were writing him mean you know what I mean like it was (laughs) you know we've covered all that but yeah so I was like that's such a good point like good writing is going to elicit all kinds of stuff and even when I've even read books like that I think I've even told you like there was a specific book I read that I was like I I could not stand like I could not get behind the core of the story I could not Mm. you know but I was like the writing was so good though I had to finish the book even though you know what I mean and and it was so
1: compelling
0: yes that's exactly yeah. what it was. it was compelling so I was more compelled by the by the writing than I was put off at that point by the story that was being told sure so you know um yeah and and I think it I think even if that's your perspective that's okay um but yeah so anyways I could go I could go on and on and probably start being a brat but I won't so <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, um, by the way, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. (laughs)
0: Yes, sorry, 11 (laughs) minutes in, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy.
1: This is a podcast where we talk about
0: our current Dizzy obsession, (laughs) which is right now Senchal Kapama. Kapama. (laughs) We're discussing volume 43, barely it, not even a day after the episode aired because the timing worked out very well. Um. Yeah. It's funny. I was like we've kind of lucked out this season because like don't do you remember back last summer when they wound up having to take a one week break?
2: Mm-hmm. And like
0: that was chaos for you and me whatever we had it going on and we were like oh my gosh timing. we have a one week break. Like um and then even like with the season ending for you like right around the same time you started taking on more responsibility at work so you had yeah. like those with those two months off to yeah I was like we've kind of lucked out with with the timing we really for, because this is the first time we've done this a full season. Show. This is the first time we've done a full season of um, watching live. So, like with Ek, if there was something that happened, we didn't like to do it, but we'd be like, "I'm so sorry, you guys. Like the episode's going to be late, or we have to skip this week, and we're going to have to do this episode next week." Or we, but, we would schedule it between the two of us and do
1: a double recording. Yes, and then just because they weren't airing once ex- a week, exactly. Well, so we could the, the episodes we were covering weren't airing. Currently. Correct.
0: So I anticipated a lot more drama with us actually being able to put out episodes before the next one aired. And we've only had mm-hmm. to double up one time. And it was during episodes that don't really matter anyways anymore. So it like really worked out. But <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyways, I just I love how everything seems to have fallen into place because I'm like, I actually can't wait. I was stressed earlier this week, like, man, we're going to have to hurry and, like, watch the episode and then talk about it. And then I was right. like, I can't wait for subs to drop because I cannot wait to talk about this episode. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So now here we are at 9 a.m. on Thursday um, talking yes. about it. So um, I don't think we really have any housekeeping because we literally just dropped an episode. So I don't think really anything new <laughs> happened happen between now and then. Um, so I guess okay. we can just dive in. Cool. So. So,
1: yeah. So we get the the scene where Ada, she breaks the news to Serkan, and she tells him that she found out in Italy. Mm-hmm. So there isn't we we had kind of predicted <laughs> an immediate barge in from the family, yes, because that's what it looked like um, mm-hmm. in the previous episode. Like Ida and Engin were just gonna. Show up at his door right after she tells him. Right. But that actually didn't happen. And so she tells him that she found out about the baby in Italy Mm -hmm. and actually that it was confirmed. And she's like, you didn't want children. You said Mm -hmm. you didn't want any. And you said you didn't want to see me. So I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. And then she's like, Serkan, won't you say anything? Because he's just Mm stone-faced he clearly is shocked and is in shock because he's just kind of closing his eyes
0: and shaking his head and he just walks out honestly the most realistic like uh, realistic thing i mean think about it have you obviously we've never you and i have never received secret children news but (laughs) like hasn't something up upset or at least like thrown you off enough not necessarily pissed you off or made you angry Mm -hmm. but it's just an overwhelming like what the heck right and you just need to kind of literally step outside the situation yeah because you don't know what to do like you don't necessarily have something to say yet because you're trying to process what you've just been told this life altering news um yeah and not only did it feel realistic, but it showed growth because he didn't make an assumption right mm-hmm. away. He did not snap. No. I mean, when I think about, like, episode seven, Zircon, who, found, you know, the second – um con stole those designs yeah. he immediately blamed edda he told yep. her to get out like yep. embarrassed her in front of everyone called her out and basically you know accused her of being a thief right did not hear her out until the end of the following episode when only after she had already proven her innocence mm-hmm. um you know so it's like and obviously these are obviously on two different levels of you know con stealing designs is yes, not the same as a secret still kid.
1: But it's, it's a shock and it's a a betrayal of sorts, mm-hmm. you know. They're they're both, yeah. So I I, I totally agree. I think it's growth and, <laughs> yeah. I, in my notes, I said, I mean, can you blame him? No, you <laughs> I mean, can't. I mean, what do you expect? This is huge, huge news. Yep, that is like you said, is life altering. Mm-hmm. Well, so he walks away and he he's like, I'm out of here.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, we see Idon and Angen about to catch up with him. But he right. literally is tunnel vision. He does not even like glance yeah. at them. He Mm-mm. beelines it straight to his car. He gets in the car, drives off. Of course, they're like, what the heck? Blah, blah, blah. Ed is trying to run after him. Mm-hmm. And of course, Idon gets her little quip in like, you, you hid my granddaughter from me. And she says something about, I'm gonna like, I'm going to tell Sarcon everything. Right. And she's like, yeah, already did way ahead of you there, lady. Yeah. Like, don't have time for you. I need to get in this taxi and chase this man. Yeah. So we, um we, he's driving his car. We don't know where he's going yet. It's funny because mm-hmm. Edda clearly has an idea of where he's going because she gets in the right. taxi and goes off. And
1: follows him. Yeah. Right. She's trying to call him, too.
0: Yep. So he's having these little flashbacks, which, I think last week I said he's going to have flashbacks now in a whole different light, which of course he does. Because he flashes back to when he first met her. Kiraz. Yes, when he first met Kiraz. Learns her name. um, The fact that – oh, and then he flashes to that scene where he and Edda are talking after they have dinner at the office in 41. Mm -hmm. And – you know, when she's like, I have a regret. Because, you know, he apologizes and says he regrets a lot of things. She's like, I have a regret too, Serkan. I just can't tell you about it. Like, mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to tell you about it. So he clearly puts that together. Um, yeah. And the then whole the
1: one where she has cherries and she says mm-hmm. Kiraz means – because she's trying to get him to eat. And she says Kiraz means uh, infinity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah. So – and then yep. what's the other Kira's one he, that he flashed back to? The
0: waking up at 5 a.m. and the strawberry allergy. Oh, that's right. Okay. When, yeah. So when she's like, I wake up at 5 a.m. to be more productive. And he's like, Oh, that's weird. I do too. And she's like, I can have any ice cream but strawberry. I'm allergic. Um so you know, all the pieces that we've been like Sarcon add up to plus two, he is doing it. Um and I'm trying not to jump ahead of ourselves because I can't <laughs> wait to so bask in the glory when we get it's there. Hard. But um yeah. So <laughs> You know, uh, things are leading up to something we very specifically theorized and predicted. Um, mm-hmm. So put a pin in that. I just wrote that Ifair needs duct tape because at this point she oh and Melo – this this goes back and forth a little bit, but I think we can cover yeah. it all as one scene. So basically, mm-hmm. Ifair is like, like – why did she come back? What's that? You know, she's just freaking out. And Melo's where like, where
1: is she? She's telling Sarah Khan.
0: And Melo's like, maybe they're working things out. Like, maybe they're talking about making decisions for her as a, f- for Kira's as a family since they're both her parents. And what school yeah. she'll go to and who she'll be. Will she be a landscape architect? Will she be an architect like her dad? Will she be something else yes. entirely? You know, all this kind of stuff. Sweet, I said, Melo. yes, Melo, our shipper hero. Um, at some point, Barak walks in because mm-hmm. I think he had put Kiraz to bed because, you know, he's the Mm -hmm. one that brought them back when Edda at some point clearly told him to turn around. Um, And he's like, you know, don't worry, Kiraz is, you know, she's asleep. She's just really, you know, took her a while. um, But honestly, she's just happy that we're back because, you know, she didn't want to leave in the first place. Right. So um, as he keeps hearing more and more about Melo and her little shipper heart about maybe in, her in each day and are working things out. <laughs> yeah, and, maybe they made up a long time ago and they're
1: talking about how they're going to live their ha- lives happily together. Right.
0: <laughs> um, you know, of course, Ifair is boohooing, all, stinking all over that. But, you know, Barak at some point is like, okay, I'm out of here. See you guys later. Yeah. And fair basically... And I'm like, I love how you're more concerned about Barack right now than, you know, how your great niece's father is doing as far as, like, just finding out that he has a child. Because she's like, Melo, you were breaking his heart. You know he has a crush on Edda and adores Kiraz and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, (sighs) And... And of course, Melo's like she feels bad because she's like she wasn't trying to be insensitive. Um,
1: of course, but like but they don't owe him anything. No, Ada they don't doesn't owe him anything. Nope. Just because somebody has a crush on you doesn't mean you owe them anything. Mm-mm. And there's, you know, my point of fair- view showing.
0: <laughs> well, she's very clearly. Even last episode is like, hey, even Barack knows where my feelings stand on him. Like, I don't see him that way. And I need you to, I need you to accept it too. So we've established that she's not doing anything to lead him on. Mm -hmm. She's not letting him believe that there's a possibility of something between them. Yep. Very specifically, he is special and important to her. She's made that clear. You know, he is Mm -hmm. a member. She does consider him a member of their family. And, you know, she's, he's important to Kiraz. Like, so, Mm -hmm. but that, that very clear line has been drawn. So. Yeah. I was annoyed, yeah. um, you know, because I'm like, yeah. okay, I fear, yeah, her. Like, yeah. So then we switch over to Engin and Parole.
1: Yes. So Engin finds out that his wonderful, sweet wife has known that <laughs> Kiraz oh, is Serkan's this entire time. Mm-hmm. Serkan's and Ada's, because mm-hmm. for all he knew, she was Melo's. Melo's. And poor uh and pearl basically has to defend herself and is like look ada's my friend and he kind of doesn't understand because he's like well serkan is your friend and this guy he has a he has a daughter he should be able to know this and she's like look okay if i were to tell you because he's like okay you could have told me i'm your husband tell me and i won't and me of all people Mm -hmm. and she's like look if i told you would you tell them and he's like, yes, I would have to. She, and she kind of is like, well, there's your explanation. Yes. I knew that you would feel obligated, that you would have to tell SERCON, and I didn't want to put that on you. Right. So and she even he, said, like,
0: I was already struggling with that, and I didn't want yes. to put that on you. So, yeah.
1: Right. <clears throat> She's like, I don't like these lies, these secrets, but I understood Ada's point of view, and I needed to support her in that. Mm-hmm. Um, side note, so that – there, there's a – that edit that you sent me uh-huh. however long ago, for whatever reason, it's the second half of that that that gets me every single time. Of Gabby's when, edit, the John M. and yes, one? Mm-hmm. Yes. When Sanem calls and it's Denise <gasps> I know, and Amanda
0: calls and, and it's, it's Pearl. Pearl. And I was like,
1: oh my gosh, Bashak is like the one for both of them. <laughs> uh huh. She 100% anyway.
0: is. I know.
1: Uh-huh. I just, I, I loved that. And then seeing it play out, I was just like, oh my gosh.
0: I know. Well, okay, here's what's funny. Obviously, we've both known that. Like, clearly, yes. we watched and have covered both shows. But to see those two scenes side by side, where Sanem is like, I saw him. And I, then oh Edda is like, I saw him. Oh. And, and you know what that says to me, too, is I love that we didn't each immediately think of that scene from EK because even though they're technically not identical scenes but they're very similar. Right. It shows again there's this consistency in Aisha's writing mm-hmm. that we love so much, but the two the two stories are so different. It did not once occur to me to go, "Oh, this is just like when Sanem called Denise." Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, their stories are so different, the situation in which, you know, Sanem Thought she saw him is right what it was. Right. Um, and although she actually did because she had, she again, did. Yes. Oh, Son was like hallucin I just realized Son M was like hallucinating John, and Sir yeah. Con has been like hallucinating Edda, yes. like yeah uh-huh. another uh huh, yet another similarity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, uh, and of course, the whole Artemis and Apollo thing, like, the I know they're, oh, anyways, so um, yeah, like, I just love that because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and then. Obviously, the fact that it's being played by the same actress is what really made it like powerful, which was obviously a coincidence that, you know. Right. But a beautiful one at that. And, oh, yeah, you're totally right. Gosh, that edit. I know we linked it last week in our episode notes, you guys. But seriously, go watch it if you've – especially if you were an EK fan. Like,
1: Yeah.
0: um, Anyways, anyways. I'm sorry.
1: No, no, Um. you're totally fine. So (laughs) I loved
0: this scene, though, because, again, it painted – we're this season. We're we're telling stories in a lot of gray. Like mm. there's not a whole lot of black and white here, um, and not that there's anything wrong with writing in black and white and stories being told in black and white. There is definitely a time and and place and situations for that. Yeah, I like gray storytelling though because it's it's like. It's kind of like, you know, like a – I'm trying to think – like a Rubik's Cube. Like, depending on the Mm -hmm. angle you're – you know what I mean? Like, looking, Mm -hmm. there's all these perspectives to see. It's not just one or the other. Um, Yeah. You know? And so I felt like this scene between Aang and Pearl further cemented that because that felt like something very realistic in a marriage. Like, if I had kept Mm -hmm. something like that from Jason and he's like – but I'm your husband, you could have told me that. Because it's very true. He is my husband. Right. And I definitely could and probably normally would have told him something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, But then to know, like, this is someone who's, like, one of your very best friends, and you're going to be mm-hmm. in a rock and a hard place because it's not actually your place to share that news. But when you have that kind of information mm-hmm. uh, that is life-changing to someone you love so much, like, you know? And yeah. so – yeah, I just real, I just loved all of all the layers of that because, like you, like you already said, her saying like I wasn't try. I, it's not that I wanted to keep it from you, but I knew you would be in a very difficult spot, and mm-hmm. I'm already in that difficult spot. I didn't want to bring you into that. Like, so um,
1: I I agree, and the your whole point on gray storytelling, I think that I think you're totally right, especially with this second season, and I think that it makes the show more compelling and you have to think about the situation mm-hmm. and it also shows how one secret really doesn't just affect one person or mm-hmm. one group of people it extends out and we're seeing those ripples ripple in the pond, effects so to speak mm-hmm. uh-huh from this secret being kept because now we see the effect it's having on Engin and Peril's relationship. Mm-hmm. We're going to see the effect on Idon. We're going to see the effect on Ifair. We're going to see the effect on Burak. We're going to see the effect on all of these people who have been uh-huh. either already in the know and so focused on Eda and Kiraz, or they've been on the opposite end and have not known anything. Right. And how they're perceiving the situation, how it affects them. And again... In human relationship mm-hmm. and in all of these things, it's never so black and white. It's never so easy to just right? say, "Oh well, we kept the secret." Oh, okay, I you know if if it were <laughs> if it were just a black and white story, Engin would be like, "Okay, well, I forgive you. I understand." <laughs> right. You know what I mean?
0: And mm-hmm. and that's. That. or he would just be pissed and be like there's absolutely no excuse for this. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? There would only be exactly. one specific reaction or the other. And he right. t- he teeters in this where he gets it and understands but it's also like, well, you still messed up, so you're getting punished and I want to go back to work I, and you can stay home with John. Like so he kind of uses yes. it as leverage to be able to <laughs> yeah, to go and back to work. And he points
1: out like if hey, if Aidan finds out you're gonna be in deep doo doo, girlfriend, oh. and then of course Aidan walks up right then
0: and while they're talking, overhears,
1: about it. and now she
0: knows that Pearl is uh, a betrayer. <laughs> right, Sarkan has nobody he can trust. And, yeah, um, and I was like, oh man, you sound like a very certain aspect of the Twitter fandom. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs> um, so like because. And again, from her perspective as uh, as his mom, I get it. Doesn't excuse it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I get it. Her first and foremost, like concern is SIRCON, and from the information she's just gotten, basically her son's been betra- betrayed. Right. Um, you know. But as we learn, as the as the many onion layers of this episode get peeled mm-hmm. off like all these things get ex- like I just can't get over how well it was all explained and mm-hmm. how how uh, man it just all went hand in hand like that whole butterfly effect like you know what how does it go like you know a butterfly flaps its wings here and it causes a like suit you know a tsunami in this part right. of the world because of all the you know in between things that happened because the butterfly flapped its wings then this happened then this happened etc cetera, etc cetera. um yeah you know and we we see we see exactly that in so many different perspectives um mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me in this episode so um you know I don't overhears I said I I don't also needs duct tape. Um, yeah, I just wanted to duct tape hers and I mouths a lot this episode. Yeah. Um, Same and safety. Oh, so thankful for him. He was the constant little nugget. I mean he he doesn't he wasn't overly um um I can't think of the word now. But he didn't say a ton this episode. Yeah. But when he did say something, it was short, sweet, and logical. Like yep, very. I don't. You know, he's like um. I don't remember – all I said was he was our voice of reason, so I don't quite remember exactly what he said yeah. in this particular scene. But basically, like, this was a hard situation. You need to try to understand that. Like, because she's all mad yes. at parole and stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And I just love that he's like, oh, uh, yeah, look at it from this perspective. Uh, Look at it from that perspective. Right. So right. I loved that. So now we're at the Bolat house. Um, Edda yeah, has arrived.
1: Because, yeah, because she knows where to find him. Mm-hmm. Um, And – She comes to the door, but he asks her to leave because he's kind of off in this certain section and his door is Mm -hmm. closed. I think he's in his room and the door is closed and he won't open it because she she can see him, but (laughs) she knows that that he's in there and she's like, please open the door. I Mm want to talk. And he's like, please, Ada, can you go? And she says, no, I can't because we have to talk. Please, please open the door. Let's have a conversation face-to-face. Serkan, I'm talking to you. And then she basically says, Okay, I'm just going to wait until morning. If I have to be here, then I know that you'll open the door. So we cut back to, to the scene after um, a little transition. And she's, uh, she says, I really wanted to tell you. And This is kind of when she starts sharing a little bit more.
0: Yeah, um, she's. They're on the opposite sides of the door. I loved that shot where you can see both of them, and like, he's, so did I. Like, he's it, just it like
1: felt almost like a harkening back to the poster for the show where yeah. they're both leaning on one side of the door, but obviously mm-hmm. this was a lot more, more angsty symbolic. And, uh-huh. Yeah, and and I was like, <laughs> I, it just made me think, oh, she's knocking on his door, mm-hmm. but. Now, after all this time, it's for a much bigger reason. Yeah. So, she just says, I really wanted to tell you I even came to your house once, but Mm -hmm. then I left. I called you when I was in Italy, do you remember? And then we get the flashback.
0: And he ignores her call, like, twice, and then she finally texts him that they Mm -hmm. need to talk. And And then what does he respond? "Uh, There's nothing to talk about. This relationship is over.
1: Yeah. So... It does. like, look, I know that you're angry with me, and I know that you blame me, and you're right, but I really wanted my baby. I really wanted a piece of you to live oh. on and grow with me. I know. Stab
0: me in the heart.
1: Like. But oh. can you imagine, wouldn't you do the same thing?
0: Oh, 100%. If that's all that
1: you had of the love of your life. Yeah. And he was shutting you out over and over again, and all you're thinking is, at least I can have this tiny little bit. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i just i Mm -hmm. was like oh my gosh (laughs) Mm -hmm. she says i was really afraid you wouldn't want her i was afraid of your ruthlessness what was i to do i just got scared come on open this door and let's talk please serkan open the door so we can talk Mm -hmm. so she waits and then she says okay you know best I'm way more stubborn than you are. <laughs> so I'll be here all day and I'm not going anywhere until you open the door. I'll even sleep if I sleep here if I have to.
0: Sarah Khan, please. Yes. Ugh. So so she does <clears throat> fall asleep there. She does. Oh my gosh, when he comes out in the middle of the night. I know. And he puts that blanket on. He's up I, again, the littlest thing, but he mm-hmm. this tells us he's not mad at her. Like he's right clearly feeling things about the situation mm-hmm. but he comes because not only does he just put the bl- it's not even just like he's like oh she's out there and cold let me throw a blanket on her he right. very lovingly covers her with the blanket and then sits there for a minute like just mm-hmm. looking at her yeah. so uh, yeah such a little move um, but
1: again, it's Serkan's
0: actions showing yes. where
1: he's at better mm-hmm. than his words.
0: Yes, and how many of us are that way? How many of us can, especially? I mean, Ashley can attest to this. Like you all who have listened to this podcast know, I'm a very talkative person. However, even in even me, someone who can have a conversation with pretty much anybody, mm-hmm. in a in a situation like that where you're oh, gosh being yeah. presented with like you know what I mean like yeah even the most you know uh gifted conversationalist in mm-hmm. something where like that is going to be like at a loss for words or choke like stopped up like you know it makes me think of that scene in you got mail um where after um when Kathleen Kelly has that run-in and meets Joe Fox oh in the gosh. cafe. And I he relate like, to her so much with that. And like, he insults I'm, her.
1: I am that person. And she <laughs> so gets I like – never think of a comeback. Right. Or who in these conversations, I'm just like, I don't know what to say to you. And I just totally freeze up.
0: Right. Well, oh, actually, that's when she didn't freeze up. But there had been a situation. Oh, when she
1: finally insults him. And
0: finally insults him, but then actually feels guilty about it. And is like, it really did suck. I don't feel good about it. Um, But before she had gotten to that point, um, he had said something to her at like a, at a a like publishing party. Yes. And he made a quip and she literally just got, she was like, "Uh, uh." she literally like choked up and did not know what to say. And he walked away before she could even formulate a thought. Um. And so, it, like, it very much reminded me of that, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, but when you see her in any other aspect of the movie, she's this friendly bookstore owner. Everyone adores her. She chit-chats with everybody. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? She That doesn't seem yep. like something you would expect from her. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so it's like it, he it, – this totally just makes sense. So, but I was thinking about it. And had this scene been cut, I think it would have taken away so much from – every the everything before it everything it had said to him through the door just like a good point just like in 25 um when we found out they actually kissed when they were when she was visiting him in jail but that had been cut from the episode and then we saw it later as like a deleted scene and i was Mm -hmm. like that changed because he had said like you know i love you i this and they just show her leaving the the prison after that and you're like what the heck but then to find out he had actually pulled her in and they had shared a kiss and then she mm-hmm. walked away. It's like, okay, well, that kiss says everything that she didn't. But when we didn't get to see that kiss, it just looked like she was like, oh, okay, thanks. See ya. Like, right, right. So, and not that this – I don't think this was quite the same thing. I think the scene was still very powerful. But just that little action of his because, again, we didn't hear his words. We only heard mm-hmm. Edda's. I just – I don't know. It did something for me in that scene and I'm just – I'm glad it's not something that was – cut because it's technically from a technical standpoint it's kind of an unimportant scene like he just puts a blanket on her she could have woken up the next morning and had the blanket on her and we would have probably drawn the conclusion that he had put it there you know um right but as far as
1: the situation and as far as the characters it really is significant Mm -hmm. and it shows us it gives us an idea of where sarcon is at with this whole news because all that we've seen so far We haven't heard anything from him. Mm -mm. All we've seen is him run away, Mm -hmm. not let her in and not open the door and not say anything to her Mm -hmm. and just uh, see a flashback of when he rejected her after she tried calling him.
0: Yes. So it's the next morning. Uh, First, we just get a little run in with Idon and Safi Dramatics from Mostly Idon, of course. He's again being the voice of reason because, (sighs) you know… And I was thinking to myself, it's funny because I'm like, okay, I know I I try to pretend these episodes don't exist, but I'm like funny that someone is mad about having their grandchild hidden from them when you literally hid your son's like life or death status from his fiance for mm-hmm. two months. And hid
1: your boyfriend from your kid for five, for five
0: years. years. Which yeah. by the way, our theory with poor Kemal Bay was yeah. very wrong obviously he does make an appearance this episode and we did but find at out least from he's
1: sensible Jeez, yeah. i was yeah. like please come and talk some sense to all these people
0: uh, yes because yeah and i do have hope for that because even mm. when she he's like well if you're hiring me as your lawyer he's like my first thing is to tell you to not get involved like yeah so yeah we already just from that tiny scene that's all we see him in um, it's just a right. scene when he's in the car on the phone with her. and But hearing that from him, I was like, oh, Kemalpe. Like, yeah, you're going to be good. It's going to be good well, to have and, you back. And-,
1: and Idan's whole thing is she's obsessed with getting Kiraz away from the Yoldazes and into the Bolot household and to take her away from these savages. And that's really the whole mm-hmm. – her whole um, job this episode is trying to get close to Kiraz and trying to get her – away basically away from eye I, fair I, well, I don't know that she cares i mean maybe mm-hmm. she cares about the other ones but um her focus really is to and and i do understand her wanting to spend time with her grandchild that Absolutely. makes absolute sense she's missed five years of her life yes. she wants to be part of her life now
0: yes i think the only true idea i agreed with but even then i didn't agree with the execution. The only idea I really agreed with coming out of her mouth was like, well, whether or not Serkan wants to take responsibility as a father, I want to be her grandmother. Yes. And I was like, you know what? That sentence on its own. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, it's not fair. You know, I, I'm i trying to think of like in a situation where, you know, um, you ha- you're a single mom in f- for whatever reason, whether dad booked it, didn't, you know. Whatever he's just not right. in your life. If if his if his parents want to be like grandparents to this child, mm-hmm. um, you know, and obviously I'm talking not in any kind of an ugly situation where they're like trying to like take the kid from you or something. But you know, if they're like, but that's still our granddaughter, and we want we want to be a part of her life. You know what yes. I mean? Like I understand that. Like of course. Um, so I did I did get that her execution was very poor. Her execution was not good, and she clearly has other. Uh, sinister intentions because the fact that she's even thinking about needing a lawyer mm-hmm. is not good so yeah. um it, somebody point well not somebody many people pointed out they wonder if she and I Fair are gonna be like our and i don't want to call them villains but you know we don't have a villain this season mm-hmm. there's not a villain and, and i do like that because there are other forms of conflict other than just an outside villain trying to like ruin you
2: That's true. And, you know, and we've had
0: plenty of that in season one. You know, we had Khan at first and then we had, um, you know, then we had the whole secret that Sarah Khan was, you know, keeping from Eda about her parents. And then Celine turned into kind of the villain. And then Balja and then Mm
2: -hmm. Baba Ane
0: and then Celine again on steroids. Like, so, you know, I kind of like the idea of not having an actual villain, but there's still conflict to work through. And now that we – have gotten through one of the big capital C conflicts like he knows that he has a daughter all of that Mm -hmm. um I almost wonder if don and Ifair are kind of going to be the conflicts we need to chip through um for the rest of this you know because it's been clearly established that neither one of them have love lost for Edda or Serkan you know um totally so yeah so um we before we get
1: into the Edda and uh Serkan talk after she wakes up uh we have a quick skip over to karem and brock because oh, they're and their girl troubles
2: <laughs>
1: yeah and then uh melo ends up coming and then she gives karem advice on how to woo pina and that's kind of all it is is—is her giving him advice yes as this as the episode goes he uses this, this advice to try to win Pina over. He brings her a white chocolate mocha. Mm-hmm. He reads her favorite Lactose book. Lactose free. <laughs> uh-huh. He reads her favorite book and quotes to her and he has it all written on his hand.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: we, we get these, these little instances of the two of them. Um, all throughout the episode. He, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: um, did you, did you look up the, did you look up the book that it was? Because of course I, I didn't. I had to. So it's, it's a book called The Sorrows of Young Werther, and okay. it's actually semi-autobiographical by the author, um, and it's a whole story of, like, your heart versus your mind, like, your heart versus okay. logic, um, the self-absorption of youth, you know, upper and lower class um, conflicts. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so I thought that was, like, interesting. The little blurb says that uh, Werther is a young man who finds himself caught in a love triangle in a battle of emotions versus common sense. I don't think it has a happy ending. Um but so I think it's kind of tragic, but the core okay. idea of it, I just thought those were like I just thought those were kind of cool points because especially with Karam and Pina, the whole you know upper it's not yes. really a, it's not a love triangle, but the whole upper lower class thing, Um
1: right.
0: all of that. So, I just hmm. since we covered all that now, I wanted to to bring that up. So, yeah. It's the so, Edda
1: awakens and <laughs> she sees the blanket and obviously mm-hmm. notices that sarcon is gone but he must have put the blanket on her she comes out and we get our first view of sirius yay he's alive and well and he <laughs> is and she's all excited to see him and she rubs his little head and says oh i missed you did you miss me and they have a little reunion and it's really cute yes um so, Serkan is very stern, and he's grabbing <laughs> coffee, and he says... But he got okay, her Ava, a cup. You... Oh, he did, of course. He has two cups of, of coffee
0: in his hands. <laughs> I'm just... So, yep. he's
1: like, all right, if you want to talk, let's talk. Mm-hmm. So, they head over to the couch, and um, they have a seat, and Ida again, is giving her side of the story. And she says... Uh, having Kiraz was a big decision to make but I've never regretted my decision not even once my only regret was not telling you but while you broke up with me and you kicked me out of your life so harshly that I couldn't sorry but you broke up with me and kicked me out of your life so harshly that I couldn't tell you
2: mm-hmm.
1: I know I made a mistake I should have told you from the beginning but I couldn't and again he's just not saying anything mm-hmm. So she says, Khan, please say something. Don't stay silent. Yell, scream,
0: say something." This, what comes out of his mouth next? I know. I, oh, he says, "There is no reason to yell or scream." I spent all of last night thinking, and you were right. I would have done the same thing in your shoes. Okay, first I, of all, can we say growth? <sighs> seriously like i i
1: couldn't believe i couldn't believe it
0: like i I could and i couldn't like right because you know like he his whole process of getting there was very sarcon he's being stoic kind of robotic even you know because he's not saying a word and um he thought the whole night through yes taking the logical point of yes
1: really working through it
0: but in this case it was the smart thing to do you know what i mean in this case it was the right decision versus listening to maybe his heart right at that moment you know yes um so i just loved that because i was like man this was so sarcon but Mm it wasn't because it was not a reaction we would have necessarily expected but again the way we came to it it was like this is so sarcon so yeah, right. in the same position, I would have I would have done the same in your shoes. Yeah. Well, and it asks him, "Are you serious?" And he says, "Yes. Had you told me back then that you were pregnant, there's a big chance I would have asked you to have an abortion, and then there would have been no Kiraz." So okay, before this next part though, <clears throat> <clears throat> so that I saw that that angered a lot of people, but you know what? Here's the thing: where he was in his headspace, uh-huh. where he was physically emotionally mentally during that time of his life he's being honest and you know what they're human beings who are not perfect so nobody's saying it's right if he had like if he had been like well you're gonna go get an abortion um Mm -hmm. you know but he and
1: again he said asked that doesn't mean he would try to force her right he would have he would have asked her to do that and we know that that would have had a bad effect on their relationship e- and probably caused worse issues that were already there.
0: Right. Or – Anyway, just yeah, point like,
1: asking versus yeah, telling. Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Like, I – yes, that was a shocking thing to come out of his mouth. Sure. But I was like – sorry it felt real and raw like in that situation i could totally see him in that being like oh you're pregnant well you're gonna need to go get an abortion like Mm -hmm. especially after like
1: i'm not okay with this edda right my cancer and all he's thinking is my cancer could come back right what what happens if i can't be a father to this child Yes. We know yep. that Serkan is an extremist. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All he thinks about are the negative yeah. consequences. Yep. He's not thinking about five years in the future, yep. little
0: Kiraz. Yep. And the fact that he was able to openly even admit that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like nobody wants to admit like the, the, the things that they have said in the past that they're maybe ashamed of now. You know right. what I mean? But mm-hmm. he does that. And not only does he do that, but he, him saying that further cements why, why he believes Edda was right making the decision she did in the moment. Um, yes. And so after that, he says, now there is this, there is this Barack, and she does call him dad every now and again. And mm-hmm. Edda says, no, she calls him Booba. <laughs> it's short yeah. for his name, Barak Balja. So yeah. then he asks her, okay, so what did you tell Kiraz? Did you tell her that her father was dead?
1: And then she explains, I told her he was an astronaut. So Sirkat says, an astronaut? So Kiraz wasn't making that up. <laughs> that was creative. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it does, just tells him, what was I supposed to do? You know I grew up with no parents. Again, layers of their Uh lives, their histories. There's never one specific, especially such a life-altering decision. Mm -hmm. There's never one reason why people make a choice to – why why people make choices. Right. There are always infinite reasons why we make choices in our lives. Anyway, she says, you know I grew up with no parents, but – It was my certainty of their love that kept me going. And I know that you, what you went through as a child, the effects of your dad not wanting you are still lingering. Was I to tell my daughter that she was unwanted by her dad? What was I supposed to say? So I said that her dad was an astronaut and then at least she could grow up a happy child. What are you thinking about? Because he's kind of silent again (laughs) and she asks what he's thinking.
0: And he says, Edda, I can't digest all of this at once. I need some time. I need time to think about what's next. And she says, of course, okay. And he says, I think it'd be good if I were alone for a while. And she says, okay, I understand. You're right. Um, look, before I go, here are some, I have photos and videos of Kira's. I'll leave them here for you in case you're curious about how she grew up. Okay, mm-hmm. this entire conversation, they are both understanding the other. I mean, Edda understood him from the second she confessed. I mean, when she runs after him to his house and she says, "I understand you're, you're mad. You're right to be mm-hmm. mad. You know, I shouldn't have waited this long to tell you. I shouldn't have kept it from you. But please understand why I did that." Um, and then he does. He yeah. does understand. And then she even understands him needing time to digest this information. Um mm-hmm. So it's just I it's just this calm discussion, adult conversation. Each person trying to see the other side. And honestly, if we all had conversations like that, even not about something maybe as heavy as this, if that was our actual goal in conversations every day, (laughs) this world would be a much better place. Like, if you're constantly thinking during conversation, okay, let me see their side and their perspective. Um, Let me explain clearly my side and my perspective. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah I and, just... and
1: actually listen, listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I really think that this shows growth on both their ends. Mm-hmm. And I really also think it shows how well they know each other. Yeah. These are two people with a significant amount of time of history between the two of them. Mm-hmm. They were together for a long time. They went through a whole crap ton of stuff together. And I think because of that... They know each other so well. They know how they deal with things. And if you know somebody really well, you're going to do your best in these types of conversations to say things in such a way as for them to really understand Mm -hmm. your point of view and in a way that doesn't place the blame on the other person. Because if you're really trying to work something out, you're going to speak that way. And I feel like we saw that adult real adult Mm -hmm. communication here and we saw The end result of all those years of their their relationship, them knowing each other, getting to know each other. Of course, they have their petty moments because that's how they are, and that's human nature. A lot. The feeling is mutual. We and we still have little quips between the two of them this episode, and kind of the banter that we love because they're both little stubborn butts. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, with this really serious stuff, their conversations are just beautiful so i know good.
0: i love that there uh, this episode was very much dialogue centered um oh it was like half dialogue yeah <laughs> between the two of them and it, yeah it was but it's exactly what was needed like oh my gosh i just yeah i cannot get over the execution of this episode i totally I know and fully understand why karen was in such a weird mood when they were doing their live during the um airing of episode 40 because yep. they were filming this episode uh the while 40 was airing um, right and it's like well yeah no wonder like and yeah, he clearly it's a heavy episode yeah and he clearly had to do things to get into that place to be able to portray and make us mm-hmm. feel what zircon was feeling um so yeah anyways so um we get so, Peril, Engin, Erdem, John at breakfast. Yes. And they're kind of talking about – they're kind of not bickering, but, you know, they're still trying to – because Peril doesn't really – she wants to be able to work, but Engin's like, no, I want to work. So they're talking about, like, yeah. you know, Erdem being a nanny for John. and, so and they Safe, can both work. Yeah. Safi and Idon join them, and um, they, you know, to talk to Peril, not just kind of being whiny.
1: You know, mm-hmm. and then it's like, I
0: haven't, I don't even know where my son is. What's going on? And Ingen's like, well, right. let me, let me call him. Maybe he'll answer. Yeah. Um, which he does, but also says to Engen like, he needs some time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, of course I understand.
1: Yeah. He just yeah. wants Ingen to deal with the hotel project. Like.
0: Yes. Like, you guys just, deal with this. Just don't mess yeah. it up. But I just need, I need some time. Um, Aidan yeah. continues to need duct tape over her mouth as she's calling uh, Kiraz's family kidnappers. <laughs> Um. I know. <laughs> so meanwhile, Edda is filling Eifar and Melo in. Eifar's mm-hmm. no help with her dramatics. Um, we switch back and forth a little bit because Sercon's during this time, Sircon's also alone with his thoughts while right. Edda's letting the girls know what's going on. And he I looks
1: at the, the picture thing a couple times, mm-hmm. puts it
0: down. You can tell he's just not ready to look at them. Right. Yeah. He's, you know, so he's clearly processing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed is continuing to fill the girls in on what happened. Idon's being dramatic and talking about how, you know, it's not too late for Kiraz because even gold dipped in mud is still gold. We just need to wash it off, basically, like <laughs> referring to Kiraz as the gold covered in mud. Um, All right. You know, and so I fair is kinda of, is scolding Eda a little bit, like, what did you expect? Part of me is like, Okay, I get it, but do you really need to tell her that? Like she doesn't yeah, need to I be told that pretty
1: harsh this episode man it's mm-hmm. it's a little brutal like yeah. edda has been through enough she doesn't need you on her back too with right. this whole situation and, well, and like
0: i told you so right what did you expect like well come like, on <laughs> and melo like you know is saying like well maybe he's taking the time to think about you know so that he can make a decision to basically like want to be in her life and, right. you know, and, of course, Eifer has to come in with, like, well, if he really wanted that, he wouldn't have run away to Istanbul. He'd be here. And I'm, like, hi, he found out five minutes ago that he has a child. Can, like, yes, you give, give him, him some time? Like, even Edda was, like, I understand and I'll give you time. So, if Kiraz's yeah. mother can give her, Kiraz's father that kind of time, like, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so then i said princess jasmine fires everyone (laughs) doesn't she look like princess jasmine this episode it's that
1: top with Uh her hair oh my gosh you're totally right that's so funny oh Oh. man i i think you put it perfectly in our our little live chat how denise is like perfect because she annoys you just enough to Uh be funny yes
0: yes but she's, she's, she's
1: not overly annoying. But, I don't and know. She walks that line really, really yes. well.
0: And she's not a threat. We clearly know no. that. That's even further established when Khan when she's trying to pry around personal life. And he's like, that's not really your business. Mm, um, right. You know what I mean? So, like, that's been clearly established. She's just kind of this, like, like, annoyance that's there. But also, but, like, in a comedic relief form. Like, exactly. I don't know. I, I anticipated on, like, really hating her. Um, mm-hmm. because of the way I hated her other character, Arzu, in their Kenji Kush.
1: Right. I know. Um, Arzu was actually more insufferable than Denise, though.
0: She really was. Even though their their characters are very similar. Like, they, you know, they clearly have right. a crush on the hero. They're going to do everything they can to be around him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just – I know. I like she Denise better. Yeah. playing it
1: really, really well. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. So, yeah, so, so she's, basically – She's mad because
1: Khan is gone. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, well, I'm firing everybody. <laughs> I want this project stopped. If Serkan isn't here, then what's the point? Because <laughs> <laughs> Engen is trying to talk her back into it. And he's like, look, right. we can do the work. This is this will be fine. And she's like, why are you talking to me about work? You think I care about work? <laughs>
0: and poor Angus probably super confused cuz he's like well yeah you hired us to do work oh, like right. cuz you know he hasn't really he hasn't been working he hasn't been around her a lot so he doesn't he's not as probably hyper aware of the fact that she just wants her talents <laughs> In Serkan Bolat.
1: (laughs) So he has to call Serkan and get him back because they can't lose this whole entire project. Serkan had just told him not to ruin everything. Yep. And here he goes ruining everything.
0: And he's like, yeah, she basically fired us. So you need to get back here and, like, make that right at least. Right. So he does. He shows up in the next Mm -hmm. scene. and. You know, he, he does – he sees Edda when he first walks in, and he's like, I have to deal with something with Denise Hanum. That's why I'm here. Like, he does say that. Yes. But she still can't help but be hopeful and excited, you know? Yeah. And so she runs out yeah. to Melo, and she's like, he's back. I don't know what it means, but, like, he's here. And Melo, of course, is like, oh, my gosh, this has to mean that he's, like, wanting to, you know, step in his role, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah and I get that, having that hope, you know? Of so, course. She
1: had just seen him. I, yes yeah
0: so yeah. you know i get that that hope being there even though he said nothing about kiraz he basically said i'm here for work um yeah. but of course she's like okay where's kiraz like you know and she's like what if he wants to like see her and spend time with her she's messy she's muddy because she's like mom i watered the flowers and yeah um oh she's speaking of in dirt speaking of um uh Marichella told us on twitter that the that um, smallpox is sometimes referred to as a flower disease. So the flower vaccine that she needed oh. last episode was for smallpox. Well, thank anyways, you. so there okay. you go. All uh, right. So well, I was
1: like, but smallpox, jeez. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> That's an intense. People would get scars from that vaccine. I
0: well, and hasn't it been like eradicated?
1: It has been eradicated yeah. since like, I don't know, the 70s, the 80s, something like that. So, <laughs> At least in North America. Granted, That's I guess the so reason it funny. stays
0: eradicated though is getting vaccines, but.
1: Um, yeah but like yeah. I don't think we had to get the smallpox vaccine as children. I
0: don't know now I want to look at like my vaccine
1: records from a kid. I don't think we had to cuz I had all, I doubt it had, because like, it's with a, MMR it's a big deal and you get oh. like people have a scar. Dang. And that was like a common thing in the 40s and the 50s and, and maybe 60s even. Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyways. That, I, sorry just... <laughs> w- just from watering the flowers I'm like, Holy it, triggered, crap. it triggered
0: it triggered my memory that she had said FYI, flower vaccine. She's like in some countries they were that's what they refer to smallpox as. And I was like, Oh, okay. So anyhow. Okay. Um so she's come from watering the flowers. Um so she's muddy and all this stuff. But of course Ed is like, that's very good of you, dear. I'm so you know, I'm so glad you uh, but, you know, she's also nervous in case Sarkon wants to see her. So she's like, maybe we can go get cleaned up. And she's like, why? And then she's like, oh, yeah, why? Um, Well, you know, what <laughs> if you want to see John and play with John? I love this because she's like, so let him see me all dirty. Like, it, it's so good. So, and then even Edda's like, yeah, that's true. Why would she care if John saw her? Right. You know? And so Melo, of course, brings out her favorite bribe and is like, listen. If you come if you go get cleaned up and change your clothes we'll get ice cream and of course she's you know a nearly five year old so she's going to agree to that of course um, oops like through my pen um so Serkan, meanwhile Serkan's putting denise in her place he's here to discuss work only because she's trying to you know, oh, so you and Edda right. are exes. You're this, and she's like, "Well, you yeah. know, I have five ex husbands, and I don't talk to any of them because that exes need to stay in the past." And she's like, "Yeah, so what you are you looking for to the in a woman?" By and looking to
1: the past,
0: <laughs> huh. And all of a sudden, he basically is like, "Denise Hunnam, this is none of your business, anyways." Um mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so we switch over to Idon, Ifair
1: squaring up about the granddaughter. There's, t- they're basically fighting because they, Idon finds out that it's Kiraz's birthday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So this starts a whole path on the two of them. Planning different birthday parties yeah. for her and bribing her with two parties and, and two, two ice cream and cakes. And <sighs> exactly. So <laughs> they're just both trying to win her heart over
0: the other and get their claws into this little girl. Yes. Even though it's like, come on, I fair, you've known her her whole life. Even if she, uh, again, I know it's the comedic relief, but I'm also like, well, she is her grandmother. So, like, chill a little bit. The-
1: The part of me that was really irritated with iFair was like, well, she's got more blood relation to her than
0: you do. That's true, (laughs) because you're a great aunt and she's a grandmother. But, you know... um, they're both being stupid <laughs> they are, yes they are because like i said idon's not going about any of this correctly um right you know what i mean so yeah anyhow so yeah you're right there we we end up getting a bunch of scenes off and on throughout the episode where yeah. they're planning the parties you know and they're yes. pl- they're planning like polar opposite parties you know right um just like and i don't Denise know if polar opposite
1: Exactly, right yeah.
0: one's extravagant and this and that and of uh-huh. course one, I, is simple. one is simple so yeah. there's just a lot of that back and forth like at one point i don't even sends like safie and pina to like spy on the other party planning and prep so that they can you yeah. know get intel and all this stuff and of course mm-hmm. pina's nervous and hiccuping because she doesn't like being sneaky and lying and all that stuff so right. it's all which is relief. funny
1: with the the thing with that i thought that was funny is melo catches her and she's like she's lying because i do the same thing when i lie
0: <laughs> oh i totally missed that that's yeah, really she's funny she's
1: like yeah this happens to me too when i lie she's totally <laughs> lying
0: <laughs> that's amazing so yeah um so then again we get sarcon Ser- yes and he's being all business he's like telling Edda okay i've dealt with denise like we have a project da, da, da. and she's just kind of looking at him like uh-huh like waiting for him to acknowledge the other elephant in the room yeah. And she calls him out. And she's like, um, Sircon, are you really going to pretend like we don't have something else major to discuss, you know? And he's like, well, you know, a project? And she's like, yes, mm-hmm. if the project you're referring to is the child that we share, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. And he makes a very valid point. He says, was it not just this morning yeah, that I told you I need time? And so – I get her frustration, but also yeah. Um, it has only been a few hours. And I do get her when she says this, though, too. She says, okay, but then you need to stay away until you're actually ready to talk. You need to stay away from me and my daughter. And I get right. that because
2: mm-hmm. Kiraz
0: is already getting attached to him as Serkan Bolat. Right. And if he doesn't want to be an active father in her life, then he, he's not going to be able to be a part of her life. So even just not as a dad, he... Kiraz needs to basically be able to not be too attached to him so honestly i understood her saying that she wasn't saying fine then you're just never going to be a part of our she wasn't telling him that she was basically saying until you are ready to talk then you figure it out you need to keep your distance and honestly i see nothing wrong with that i agree i totally agree so
1: that kind of pushes him and he says okay fine You want to talk, then let's talk. Mm -hmm. And honestly, part of me thinks that this conversation happens because she was sort of pushing it. Yeah. And I think that had they waited, Mm -hmm. that the conversation would have gone a little bit differently. Sure. But for better or worse, they Mm -hmm. head out to the beach and they have a whole discussion and is, con- Zuzu,
0: is Zuzu playing with her toy <laughs> it's my chair
1: my oh, chair is so creaky like, is she squeaking her ball that's so funny I'm leaning oh back on the on the oh thing and then and, you... and so if I lean back if I don't I barely have to move and it's like kr, kr, kr, kr. and yeah so that's I'm so
0: funny. I'm very sorry if that's okay squeaking. <laughs> yes if you guys hear squeaking just don't mind it it's just one of us <laughs> my really creaky chair <laughs> So,
1: he comes out right away and he Mm -hmm. says, Ida, I'm not ready to be a dad. Mm. He says, saying this or hearing it, I know is not easy, but I can't do such an injustice to Kiraz. I can't. I cannot make her go through what I went through with my own dad. That would be very unfair to her. She needs someone better to take care
0: of her, not me. So, again... And he says this so calmly and emotionally. You can tell he's, like, having trouble getting the words out. He's not just saying it as a logical robot who's, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's hurting him to say this.
1: And it's back to Serkan's deepest insecurities Mm -hmm. and his deepest traumas with his own father abandoning him, his feelings of abandonment. This, these things that he deals with over and over and over again that really affect the way that he deals mm-hmm. with other people, yep. especially with the people that he cares about.
0: Yep. And I mean, I know we've said this a zillion times on the podcast, and we specifically pinpointed this in 41, I think it was. That podcast episode is where we really, like, latched onto this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and so she says, you're right, Zircon. she does deserve the best and he says but i am here to support her financially <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, which i, I know get that, that uh,
1: and and again <laughs> best of intentions and and totally get where he's coming from mm-hmm. he's like look biologically i am responsible for her so i'm willing to put up whatever i need to to help her life be great but edda we know, is not going to be happy about this. Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean financially? What do you mean by financially? When will Kiraz ever need you financially? (laughs) So he's like, you know what I mean, Eda. Whatever you, both Eda and Kiraz, need anything, whether financially or morally, and then that kind of breaks Right. She says, Kiraz doesn't need support. Do you understand? You don't understand, do you? She doesn't need support in her life. She has plenty. She has my aunt, Melo, Burak, Kerem. If it weren't for all of them, I wouldn't have
0: even been able to survive. And he says, I know you've, been, you've already been through a lot of hardships. I really don't know what to say.
1: She says, it was beautiful because it was hard. Being Kiraz's mother is such a beautiful feeling. Hmm. To cry with her, to hold her hand when she gets scared to inhale her scent every day, I would give up the world for one of her smiles or I would burn
0: the world so she wouldn't be sad. That mm. is motherhood. And I love and I love this because then he's like this is why I understand you when you said we couldn't be together. And I love that she's like correcting him oh, like oh yeah, immediately because she <clears> says, <throat> "Do you really think that
1: Kiraz is the obstacle between us? How can my daughter be an obstacle? Did you think I'd jump on your neck if Kiraz weren't there? What are you thinking?" Do you know what the who the obstacle is between us? Hmm. It's you. Yes. The sharp
0: lines that you draw, your boundaries. And he says, Edda, you're being unfair. You know I erased all of my red lines when we were together. And she
1: says, yes, but only to put them back up again. <laughs> you went back to your old self. You're the same. You're still the same. I actually liked one of the translations that mm-hmm. that I saw, mm-hmm. and she said, "You returned to factory settings." Yes, I was like, dang,
0: that's a really good mm-hmm. picture. Well, especially because you know, with the whole idea of him being a robot, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, um, she says,
1: um, "Nothing has changed. What no. has happened to us?" Um, sorry, I like I'm missing. Oh, she says, "What happened to you?" Who are you? I'm sorry. No, no. I'm getting lost in my my screenshots. Yeah, she says, uh, where are you? Who
0: are you? Why are you in front of me once again? Mm -hmm. And he says, I'd take back time if it were in my hands. I lost my everything when you left. You were Mm -hmm. my everything.
1: She says, there is no me. There's Mm -hmm. only Kiraz and I from now on. If you accept it, then it's both of us. If not, then you lose us both. Guilt has been eating me up from the inside for years. I've been suffering for years because I didn't tell you and because I raised her without a father. What would have happened if I didn't say that you were her father? Nothing would have changed anyway. I unnecessarily gave you a conscience. So. And then she walks away.
0: Yes, she does. Now, again, she pushed for this conversation to happen right now. Mm -hmm. but i also understand her reaction no matter i mean honestly that even if he had come to that conclusion two weeks from now a month from now right she still would have been just as upset you know like because she's of
1: course she's
0: not looking for money or financial support if she was looking for that she would have told him a long time ago like hey just so you know i'm having your child and whether you like it or not you need to support us like you know what i mean and she would have been collecting that child support Uh, from day one so it was never about that and so i understand why she's insulted by like Mm -hmm. that's what he's willing to give but for him that's the only worthy thing he has to give
1: right exactly and and
0: so again we get i understand them both i understand them both so well like yep uh, I, i know in all their flawed logic in where their hearts are like i just i get it but like i don't understand how you can quote blame or side with one or the other especially right. after everything that's been revealed this episode yeah like so 100%. um you know we they have their time at the beach we get again more i fair i do drama um right and then uh Ada comes
1: back and she tells mm-hmm. melo and i fair this is when I is like, I told you so. Yeah. Ugh. Exactly. And it's we get kind of a parallel conversation because mm-hmm. he's also telling his mom and safety that he's not ready to be a dad. And they all are freaking out and they want to know why he's not ready. Uh Eifer is saying, Of course he's not ready. What else do we expect?
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: we get um Ida and Serkan both saying at the same time, It's over for me. I don't want to hear anything else. So yeah. they have decided that they are through mm-hmm. and they're not going to keep drawing the situation out.
0: Now, I love this because Angen's there too. And he kind of starts spilling some truth to Saracon, mm-hmm. Um, which I love. And that continues on later on in the episode. Um, yes. I'm just so, I'm so grateful we have Engen back. Like, I know he's still Engen, but like, I miss those times where he would just flat out. Tell Sarkhan how it is. Give him the tough uh-huh. love. Um, and such so. Such a good friend. Such a good friend. So th- now Burak and Eda are talking. Um, and she basically, you know, he's like, so he found out. Like, and, you know, from his perspective, I get it. Because he knows and has loved Kiraz for a year, at least a year now, since they've been back mm-hmm, in yeah. Istanbul. And he's like, who wouldn't want to, like, be, that, like, have that little girl in their lives, you know? And she's like, well, you know, he reacted like a robot. He computed the information. He spit out a result. And that was that. Like, you know. Yeah. And, I yep. uh, mean, while they get interrupted, Kerem comes and tells edda that the italians are coming today because he's like well they keep sending emails and she's like well what do they say and he's like they're in italian and then she kind of looks at him and he's like oh yeah da use the translator app so then he does and then he's like oh he he he they're coming today and she's like what oh my gosh so now there's going to be this scramble for this presentation um right again god bless Safi when we switch to this next scene dude his this i
1: was like yeah mm-hmm. do you know him better than his own mom does yes because they're all <laughs> troubleshooting and figuring out how to change Serkan's mind and safety he's like um don't you know sercon bay
0: at all he needs time to process it took like, him three you, months thank to you. admit he was in love with edda like yes of course. Like he Can we think about who he is as a person, uh-huh. <laughs> mother of Sarkon. <laughs> uh-huh. So meanwhile though, Idon's like, I'm gonna fabricate a situation basically where Kiraz and Serkan have to spend time together. And so she and Engen yeah. kind of cook up a thing. Um so Serkan's on the phone, Kiraz shows up and uh-huh. um and she comes up to him and she's like, weren't you supposed to find me? I left you a shoe. And he's like, well, maybe I'm not the Cinderella prince you thought I was. And it's funny because she's like, yeah, my mom warned me not to believe in princes. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. where's my shoe? And he says, in my room. So meanwhile, Ang- Angen shows up after he has purposely th- spilled ice cream on John's shirt. <laughs> And these kids, I love them because they I'm constantly, they constantly rat on their parents. Because you know oh, he's especially
1: like, especially John, he oh,
0: never lets, lets their lies like slide. Like when, he, like when he's like, "Mom, we've never played that game in like whatever that <laughs> the fake mom game and stuff." <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway, so Ingen's like, "Oh, look at John's a mess. I need to go give him a bath." Yeah. Like he and Kiraz were playing, but Serkan, can you just keep an eye on Kiraz while I go and bathe John? And John's like. Uh, my dad threw ice cream on me. <laughs> and Serkan's like, yeah, I'm not surprised.
1: <laughs> so, Engin's like, oh, yeah, haha, you should see how much fun we have. So, sorry, I'll be be right back. Let me entrust Kiraz to you. I do love this, though, because Serkan's like, okay, great. John, I entrust Engin to you. <laughs> yes,
0: that was so funny. And John's like, okay. So, then Kiraz is like, it's just the two of them. She's like, okay, let's go. Give me my shoe back. Um. And she's kind of like messing around because he's on the computer. And he's like, wait, don't mm. do that. Can't you see I'm writing something? Do you see who she's I'm writing to? to? Type. It's a very important person. I'm closing this laptop. Fine, let's go. So he's like, listen, you have to tie your shoelaces before we go anywhere or you'll end up falling and start crying. And I can't, I can't deal with crying. <laughs> Such a man. <laughs> oh. So She's like, well, I would
1: tie them if I knew how. And this is kind of Sir Khan's last straw because he's like, this girl doesn't know how to do anything. <laughs> she's not even five though <laughs> i so barely know how to tie my shoes at five but it's just funny i know just can't handle uh-huh. that she can't do anything for herself <laughs> so he crouches down he's like, always tell you always something. does <laughs> he's like look at me i'm gonna tell you something very important from now on you have to start doing things on your own so Kiraz explains, when my mom taught me how to tie them, they kept getting loose. Can you teach me? And this was just so sweet. He's like, well, your mom doesn't like tying knots.
0: I thought that was such a cute, funny little detail. Like, yeah. And so here's the, says, here's what's going though. though. Her saying that and him saying that, I'm like, oh, this is cute. Because technically, Kiraz doesn't know that he knows Edda is her mom but yet he oh, was like that's true. You're, he was like yeah your mom doesn't like tying knots like but clearly they're both talking about Ida right anyways I just thought that was something anyways
1: yeah he lets he lets the truth slip and mm-hmm. she doesn't really notice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she says can you show me so he, He basically starts to show her the method, the bunny ear method that we would call it. Yes. And uh, she gets all excited and she's like, I did it. I did it. And she's uh, twirling Twirling. around. He's like, what are you doing? (laughs) So
0: (laughs) sick She's like, this is my happy dance. I did it. I did it. (laughs) And he says, your happy dance is rotating? Okay, that's nice. Let's go. Here's my finger. I always, like, he just always gives I her know. his little pinky, which, sorry, that is clearly symbolic. He's giving her, like, the teeniest part of him he can. Like, his we little pinky finger is, like, the smallest finger. It's the smallest part of him. This episode was
1: the proof that that is symbolic. Yes, because of the... We'll get uh-huh.
0: To it. uh-huh. Yeah. So, they... Yeah. So they get to the they get to the room. And it's funny because he he still apologizes. He says, I'm sorry I made you sad because he didn't technically go after them. I mean, he did. But as far as Kiraz knows, he says, I hope you can forgive me. And I love it because she's like, they're just shoes. Are you a kid or something? (laughs) And he sighs. (laughs) She's like, is something bothering you? She trolls
1: him so much. It's hilarious. She
0: does. And he says yes a bit. And she's like, that happens to me too. And she picks up like a rock or something and starts drawing in the air. And it's like just a bunch of swirls and craziness. And so she says, does your head get like this? And he says, my mind is like that a lot of the time. We call that a vicious circle. And she says, all right, look. When something like this happens, and then she just draws a door in the air. She's like, I draw a door. And then I just jump to the other side of it. You should try it. And I love it because he's like – this could very well be the best advice I've ever been given. Mm -hmm. And then she kisses his cheek. And then she says, I'm starting to like you, Serkambolat. And then, of course, he's like,
1: what a little hedgehog that as soon as his soft belly (laughs) starts showing, he's like, no, I am fierce. And he turns over and outwhips his spiny prickles prickles. because – He's like, let me call Aang we have a lot of work to do. And then uh-huh. Pina comes up and she's like, Serkan Abi. And he's like, excuse me, Pina. People call- need to call me Serkan Bey. You need to be professional. I was like, oh okay. God. Taking it out on everybody that this little girl
0: obviously has gotten uh-huh. into your heart. Uh-huh. So it's, um, it, yeah, it's funny. So I love that Willa translated and she's like, Kira's leaves. And the rest is unimportant. So, <laughs> so, um, so then um, Edda is having her Italy meeting. Pina yeah. and Denise are, you know, talking outside. Sercon shows up. They explain Edda's with her Italian um, business people. But right. you can tell because, you know, and they're basically saying, like, oh, yeah, they seem really interested in her. They really like yeah. her. And so he his little spidey senses are perked up, you know. And so he's kind of hyper-focused on her when they kind of all walk around the corner. Shocking. And mm-hmm. we hear from the main, like, director guy after they all disperse. Um, right. He tells Edda, like, listen, if you get this job, you'll be the first Turkish woman to do this kind of a renovation in Italy. Mm-hmm. He's like, so if you get it though, um, you know, you will need an investor, and then of course, the second that said, Serkan walks up and he's like, "Merhaba, Serkan Bolat," and that of guy's course, like, the
1: guy's instantly impressed.
0: Yes, he's like, "Serkan Bolat, oh my gosh, blah blah blah," you know, and he explains that he and edda are business partners, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I was just telling her about needing an investor, but you won't even like need that. Like, if you two are business partners, that's like the perfect pairing. Team up, blah blah blah." Um. So he's like, okay, well, then I guess we'll see you at the presentation, too. Because Edda still has to give an actual, like, presentation. So after he walks away, Sarkhan's like, don't worry. um, I'll be at the presentation, and then I'll get out of your life. Because she's like, you know Mm -hmm. I can find my own investors. Like, I don't need you. Um, But he does
1: offer. He's like, look, you've done a lot of work with mm -hmm. uh, Art Life, So know that the offer is open if you want to use us. Right. So she's like, I'll think about it.
0: So then this is when we get our little blip of Kim all I done calling mm-hmm. him to tell him the news. And I love it because at first he's like, oh, I see. I thought you actually needed me not just to call him basically. Right. You know, Um and then this is when she starts talking about custody cases and lawyers. Yeah. And he's like, well, if you're talking about something like that, you need an actual lawyer. It's been years since I've done any kind of law work. Right. Um, and she's like, but well, she... I don't want this getting to the paparazzi. I need this to mm-hmm. be kept quiet. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, well, then as your lawyer, my first piece of advice to you is don't you dare interfere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is when all the party planning stuff really starts right. get going that we kind of already touched on. Um.
1: Yeah, so, so we get Sarah Khan coming back, and he's all dressed up in a nice blue suit,
0: and... Okay, did you have any feelings about that tie? There were, vi- like, I liked it. I It's contrast, it's yellow. People on, like, everyone on Twitter hated that yellow tie with, like, oh. a passion, and I was like, I like it. Like, it's just a pop of color contrasted against a blue suit, so I was wondering if you had any extreme feelings one way or the other about this tie, because <laughs> people, like... I mean, I... I can't say that I loved it, but I don't know how much I really
1: noticed it. Like. I just, I was more paying attention to the fact that he looks really
0: good in that blue. Yes, he really does. They're kind of blue. Yeah. Oof, yeah. Anyways, I was like, I have to ask Ashley because there were like some very visceral <laughs> reactions to that tie oh, where people were like, well, maybe Kiraz picked it out for him or something. I was just like, no, <laughs> oh, oh, you guys are mean. <laughs> and then other, you won't get this, but other people were like, it's like the rubber ducky tie on How I Met Your Mother. And there was like a whole storyline with this rubber ducky tie on that okay. show. But I it just made me laugh because I was like, oh, I only even noticed this tie because you all brought it up. It didn't even occur to me to have any opinion about the tie, but I just thought it was funny that so many people did. Like, people were Photoshopping the suit and all that so that, like, the tie was, like, a more muted color. Like, it
1: was just really (laughs) funny that I was like... I mean, I guess it was a little atypical of SERCON, Maybe... Sure. Maybe because of the blue with, like, that bright... There was, like, Mm -hmm. yellow in it, right? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So maybe that's why they had such a reaction.
0: (laughs) I just thought it was funny of all the things. So... Anyhow, I love this because he's, like, egging her on. Like, he knows what Mm -hmm. he's doing. He's kind of getting under her skin. Like, oh, yeah, your competition is Sylvia Kingston. You can't go up against her. (laughs) Because he knows egging her on like that is going to motivate her. Well, Um, and she's like, I see what you're trying to do, (laughs) Serkan. And again, though, I love that – no matter what the heck is going on outside of the professional world, like mm-hmm. the respect they have for each other professionally, the way they're a like the admiration professionally, all of, the, I love that that's always intact. Like, yeah, you know, and this is yep. a scene just solidifying that. So, you know, she knows he's egging her on. He, he does make a little caveat and apologizes a lot about messing things up. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry it went this way. This isn't how I wanted. Mm-hmm. But, she, and, you know, she does say like, Okay, but now is really not the time to be discussing this. Right. Um, and so he kind of gives her a pep talk, you know, a little bit of a motivating <laughs> yeah. pep talk. And, and then she's like, don't worry, I know how to present to people. <laughs> uh, but again, he was doing that to get that reaction from her. Right. Of course, the whole presentation montage goes very well. By the time it's finished, he even says, like, that's a better presentation than even I've ever given. Like, bravo, right. good job. You know, um, and – He's his phone rings and she's like, Is that 75 missed calls I see on your phone? And he's like, Yeah, I've been a little distracted. If you couldn't tell, you know, he probably says, probably because of the hotel, quote, yeah, hotel. okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I love that he pointed out to her because she says something about like she makes a comment, doesn't she? Um,
1: she does, and I'm he basically
0: is like, Okay, but Edda, what did you expect after so many years? Like, dropping this on me. Like, what did you Mm -hmm. expect my reaction to be? And honestly, it's a good question. Like, it is a good question. However, I also understand her side where she's like, okay, but just continue to run away. Like, because that is what he does. Um, Yep. And while, yes, he does need time and he does need to digest this, like, she can already see the writing on the wall that no matter how much time passes, like, he's going to run away from this because that's what he does. Um, Yeah. You know. So
1: at that point, after they've kind of been arguing and he's – she's like, just go run away from your problems. And he's like, yeah, the further the better, the Italian guy comes back in and he asks uh them to come to dinner that night because his Mm -hmm. wife really wants to get to know edda so of course sir agrees right away and he's like yes we'll see you tonight (laughs) and then (laughs) afterwards he kind of snipes at edda and he's like see you later tonight so they have a date there's more time for them to spend together um now before that we just get more party planning um and the spying and all that jazz yes so Serkan comes to pick up Eda, and he actually catches a little glimpse of family life with mm-hmm. her and Kiraz. Kiraz and Eda are being really cute, uh, just kind of playing with each other. Kiraz is kissing Eda's cheeks. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Serkan is thinking this is really cute. And his mood is immediately spoiled when Barak comes to get Kiraz. <laughs> and he's like, okay, you've had time with your mom. Now it's my turn. Let's go mm-hmm. eat your dinner. And Serkan just is immediately in
0: a bad mood, which again, his actions, his facial, mm-hmm. like all of that stuff shows more than his words. Like, this is all cluing us in that this is actually what he wants. Yes. Like, this yeah. is all stuff like leading up that he does want this. There's something holding him back, mm-hmm. but he wants this because why would he even have any kind of visceral reaction to Barack being like, okay, come eat your dinner? Like, right. You who know what cares I mean? if she has
1: another father figure in her life you're right not ready to be her father
0: right so, so
1: he uh kind of just
0: makes himself known and yeah
1: yeah and Ada's like oh you're here <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah she's like okay well let's go because i want this night over as soon as possible and then he under his breath
0: says the feeling is mutual Ada. sure sarakhan uh-huh so did you like oh, all the dinner? Did you like all the Ed Zair double talk? Like I was like, oh, oh is yes. this when art imitates life? Or cause he's like, Oshk <laughs> yoke. There is no relationship. We're profession. It's just professional. We're work partners. And his uh-huh. dying. Um Well, and they're
1: both kind of getting in shots at each other. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yes, he would never run away from responsibility.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And he's like, (laughs) Ed does an open book. She, she'll tell you everything. Like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I love how the people are like, yeah, how long have you guys been together? And then that's when mm -hmm. they're like, oh, no, no, it's just professional. It's this. And I love it because he's like, oh, well, that's interesting because from afar, you two look like a couple, like, passionately in love. Uh Uh-huh. and
1: they're like, no, no, nothing between us, nothing mm-hmm. at all.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Liars. So the conversation switches to the fact that Edda has a daughter and that she's a single mother. His wife is really impressed and she's like, I love girls. How would you how did you do it? Just raising mm-hmm. her on your own. And Edda says, Oh, it was all love. With yeah. love, a person can build a career and take care of a child. Uh, if there's no love, nothing will work, nothing can happen. Mm-hmm so they ask sarcon if he has a a kid and she edda answers for him yeah Yeah. no he has no child so anyway the the dinner finishes and the couple i'm sorry no it's almost finished
0: yeah we kind of get a montage before we switch over to angin and erdem for a minute and Uh angin and Parole. it's just all work stress family life balance you right. know, Pearl trying to get back to work. Yes, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's very cute. I did actually enjoy the scene, especially between Ingrid and Pearl once like yes. Dem was out of it and it was between them. Um, but yeah, so then we get yes. the end of the dinner niceties. Right, because he, the the program
1: leader from Italy is basically telling Ida that he's impressed with all of her work mm-hmm. and that he's going to do the best that he can to get her the job tomorrow. And so she says, thank you. And Khan pipes in, ever hmm. the supportive man with her career, and he says, I guarantee you will not regret it at all. There's a phrase that Eda loves very much, and he quotes her, there's more inside than you think. Hmm. And she is shocked that he just said this mm-hmm. um, she, because she says, yes, this is a sentence that I used in one of my presentations. And he's like, yeah, it was a very beautiful speech. So then the couple leaves mm-hmm. and we get a really big reveal. Yes, we do. That
0: we just, we knew <laughs> it. We totally knew it. Because Sir Khan was at her graduation. <laughs> of course he was. Which again, his actions are showing way more than what his words are saying. And honestly,
1: I really loved how just straightforward he was when she got yes. like, Sir Khan, were you at my graduation? And he's like, "Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very – it was a very important day. Why would I miss something like that? Yeah. Just so, like, why would you even think I would miss that? It was your graduation.
0: Well, and then that's when he says to her, I know you experienced a lot of pain, but you weren't alone in that. That's not exactly true. I have thought about you every single day since you left. Like, and she – you know, and she does very, you know – uh, I can't think of the word I was trying to say, but she points out, okay, but that doesn't actually change anything right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so right. you know, and she and she gets up to leave, and then right. he says she's already gone, but he says, evet edda, cork Cork doom, cork doom." Like he says, I was scared, I was
1: scared, yeah. Which
0: we knew this is all like this is all stemming from his fear. So.
1: And this is really the shift. So Mm -hmm. the first half of the episode, we got Eda. We got her perspective. We got her being able to tell Mm Serkan all of her reasons, her train of thought, and the whole why behind she made the choices that she did. And now we're shifting into Serkan's perspective.
0: Okay, listen. Before we dive into this scene... If you're listening to this episode, you probably already listened to our episode, and I want to say it's 41. I mean, we touched on this in 40 when we talked about the season premiere and our theories a bit Uh about, like, it's his fear, it's this, it's that. I do believe it was in 41, though, that you and I basically theorized this exact scene verbatim, (laughs) pretty much. Like... (laughs) When we brought up I that know. What if he was told he couldn't have kids? I and know. knowing Sarah Khan, he wouldn't just tell her that because she would never leave him. So because he can't give her what he wants. And then you went into the you went into the whole psychology behind, yeah, and how much easier is it to convince yourself you don't want something that you can't yep. have than to actually yep. deal with the devastation of not being able to have something that you yeah. really, really want. It's easier yeah. to just be like, well, I don't want that then, and you convince yourself of it. And this, like, when this scene played on live TV, I, I, like, texted Ashley and I was like, I was like, I feel so vindicated right now. Like, oh, my God. Like, even people, like, were tweeting us, like, oh, my gosh, your theory, like, it, like, Somebody emailed us and told us they thought we had ghostwritten the episode. Yes! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Which was if you you guys Hilarious. know for us especially, that's like the highest compliment ever when you're asking if we ghostwrote something Aisha wrote. Like I mean um, the the thing is uh, we and I and I told you
1: this <laughs> off, off mic, obviously, when we were texting. <laughs> We've spent so many hours hours with these yes. characters and yes. analyzing these characters mm-hmm. and talking about these characters uh-huh. that i really think that's really the crux of it i feel oh, like yeah. i mean they are as fictional people mm-hmm. <laughs> we we know them really well yes and i uh, man i just i was like
0: I can't believe it. It's really. Yes. This felt so. I mean, because we've theorized things before and either been wrong or been like right. Um, Sure. This, this specifically, though, I don't know. It felt. I know. It felt so good to be like. I know. Because I feel like this one wasn't like there's certain things you can theorize and predict. Like I think the whole him being at her graduation was something easy for everyone to theorize and predict. Yes. This but felt... his reasoning... This and... felt so much more subtle, like, mm-hmm. to to be able to pick up on these implications yep. that this is where we were headed, that yep. it just... And there were... I mean, yes. And there were also... We're not the only ones, so please don't think that's what we're saying. Oh, of course um,
1: not. No, no, no.
0: Because I know there are people on Twitter who have, you know, uh, dove into that and, like, oh, yeah. made tweets and threads about it. Um, but it just felt so good that it was like, we... we thought about this two episodes ago when she was just from seeing his scenes and his horrible Mm -hmm. i don't want just how adamant he was i don't want kids how angry he was um that's what made it that's what picked it up for us that's what um made us go huh maybe he actually can't have them and maybe it's because he went to a doctor's appointment that edda wasn't present for like Mm -hmm. all and it was just like all this stuff now obviously you know this episode was being filmed during long before like two weeks before we even made the podcast um about our theory so right like I you know like it's not like <laughs> we didn't speak this into existence it like because no. it it's, had already been filmed when we
1: I think it's just nice to know that mm-hmm. you know characters yeah. and that you can anticipate things about them yeah and have them be correct like well I, I don't and know. just
0: Just further proves, again, what we love about Aisha's writing is the consistency and how we can depend on her characters Mm -hmm. to be them, be who they are. Like, this is something, I mean, if we're, if this had been a situation that got brought up in, like, would Serkan Bolat ever, those episodes, Mm -hmm. you know, would Serkan Bolat ever sacrifice himself in you know this kind of a, like we would absolutely be like yes yeah, sir Bolat absolutely would like yes. we've seen him do it again you know in we even uh-huh. compared when we theorized this we compared it to episode 14 when he sacrificed his own happiness of being with edda so that she yeah. wouldn't have to be hurt over what had happened to her parents did it make it right no but it made it understandable just like this did it make right. it right that he kept it from her absolutely right. not but it made it understandable because this man has never felt worthy of her mm-hmm. and um and not because of anything Edda's done. She's done nothing but try to convince him that, you know, that she loves him and that he is worthy of love and her love, you know. But when someone really struggles with that deep down inside and internally, like, you can't force them to see their worth, no. you know. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's what this culminates to, so.
1: <laughs> right. So, Serkan hmm. goes to Edda's house after she leaves and he's like – Okay, time for you to listen to me. <laughs> and Eda is just done. She doesn't want to listen, mm-hmm. and she says, "I don't want to talk to you." And he says, "No, I listened while you. I listened to you while you talked. Now it's your turn." So she says, "Okay, well, be quiet." Kiraz is asleep. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk. So he says, "Eda," and I don't know why it's so um, when effective when they say "bak bana bana bak." i th- there's something super effective about i agree about when turkish characters say that
0: just like with it just like just with gitme or like right it
1: right yeah so he says Eda, look at me look at me the doctor told me that i could never have kids the scream that came out of my mouth I,
0: <laughs>
1: he said that and of course edda is shocked she says what are you saying he says, after I survived cancer, I went to the doctor without telling you. I told him I wanted to have a kids with Ada, and he said it was impossible. <laughs> he said it was impossible after all the medication, with chemo, everything. She says, okay, well, what about Kiraz then? He says, Kiraz is a miracle, okay? She's a miracle. Kiraz takes after both of us so much. <laughs> I should have known from the beginning. But after what the doctor said, It didn't seem very likely.
0: Okay, him explaining that... Is like, yes, again, the power of denial, the power of thinking something is impossible. Why would you start seeing what you want to see? Right. So why would you, why would it even occur to you to think like, oh, that's weird that she and I share all these traits because if for the last five years, if you have been told you're not going to have kids, why would you think you have one floating around the world somewhere? Right. Like much less right in front of you sharing your same traits.
1: It would be much easier to convince yourself
0: that it's just a coincidence Mm -hmm. rather than
1: think that she's your kid. Mm -hmm. So Edda says, why didn't you tell me the truth? Why didn't you say that you – why did you say you didn't want kids? You should have told me that we couldn't have kids then. Mm -hmm. And Serkan,
0: he he – I I literally tweeted when he said this. The real Serkan Bolat just stood up. Like – Yep. Because –
1: he says because you wouldn't have left me <laughs> i didn't tell you this um but the doctor told me that within five years the risk of my cancer coming back was 70 percent because you wouldn't have left if you knew i would have had cancer again and you wouldn't leave again you were going to ruin your life, life for, for me. me he says because you were willing to be unhappy with me like the fact that he can't even stand the thought of her being unhappy even mm-hmm. though he would get to be with her. Yep. What? I mean, how much more, Serkan? The self sacrifice. Yep. yep. Oh my gosh. He says, What was the meaning of being together if after everything we've been through, I wasn't able to give you what what you wanted?
0: Mm. Oh. <laughs> I know. He. His little a little over <laughs> and time again. He loves her so much that he he to a fault and i will say to yeah. a fault because he's so willing to sacrifice his own wants and desires because all he can see is like i'm being selfish wanting to keep her and put her through this i'm this he doesn't see that that his actions in protecting her also hurt her though like he right. i mean he's he's seeing that now but you but know all
1: he think all he's thinking about when making those decisions is that he can't stand to be the source of right hurt or sorrow or any unhappiness in her life that's all he's thinking all he's thinking is i'm gonna do whatever i can to let edda be happy she needs to be happy if she's not if she's with me and i get sick and i die and i tell her we can't have kids she there's no way that she can possibly be happy that's all he's
0: thinking about well and the thing too and i said this when we covered episode 14 i've reiterated it in other episodes is this man believes that any pain any pain that she would suffer like because of him whether you know staying with him in you know the first case knowing that his family was responsible for her parents death in this case not being able to give her children um possibly her being in for other years of dealing with a sick loved you know having to take care of him and all this stuff yeah he's sitting here thinking okay I can cause her some momentary pain by pushing her away, but right. once she's away from me, his self-worth is so in the toilet. He's like, I'm going to be easy to get over. Her getting over mm-hmm. me is going to be easier than her getting over her parents' death, her getting over right. throwing away her life to take care of a sick man, her getting over not being able to have children when that's something that we've both clearly wanted. Um, right. Right you know, and things like that. Um, so I, I do love that he said he went to the doctor and that he wanted kids with Edda because although we did argue that him not wanting kids is very Sarcon because of, you know, sure. the things we saw through the early episodes. So if it really had been him just carrying through with that, I still think it would have been in character for him. However, it is also in character to grow and change your mind about things like that. Um, of course. And, you know, not everyone's going to. So this isn't saying like people who say they don't want kids are going to like change their mind. But, you know, you can and you are allowed to. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is something that he started to allow himself to want. Um, and then, of course, it came back to, you know, right. bite him. Because then it was like, well, now that you want this, you can't have it. And, right.
1: And again, that sense of protecting his own heart, mm-hmm. what what better way to do it than to decide, well, then mm-hmm. I just don't want kids. Mm-hmm. They're not for me. I don't ever want them. Right. And he, you know, he <sighs> continues because it is like, well, okay, well, what about now? You have a daughter, Sarcon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, I can't do it. And again, we see his self-worth here because he says, I'm a sick man, Eda. And I think that's a double-edged statement right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because he continues, but uh, like I said, I think he's also referring to who he is as a person. Yeah. But he says, there's a risk of me getting cancer again at any moment. What's the point of starting a life knowing this information? You don't understand. Mm-hmm. I have a ticking time bomb inside me, okay? It's ready to blow up anytime. You don't know what it's like and you don't know how scary it is. And honestly, mm-hmm. again, I've never dealt with anything as serious as cancer. But if you have any kind of ailment or, mm-hmm. in my case, autoimmune disease, all yeah. you're thinking about – Even if things are under control, all you think about are the times when they weren't under control. Mm -hmm. All you can think about are the times when... It potentially in the future this thing inside you could just bite back again and yeah. take things away from you because it can often feel like that it can feel yeah. like there's something inside you that's just a ticking time bomb waiting to explode where there's nothing you can do about it and all you have to do is go well this is life this is what I'm dealing with now yeah. so him saying that I was like I'm sorry, but that's a reality. <laughs> yes, it and is. And I'm sure even more so for somebody who's dealing with something as scary as cancer.
0: On top of already being someone who struggles with feeling worthy of love. Someone who yep. has been abandoned. You know what I mean? Like, that's that just makes him even further believe in his damaged goods status. And, right. you know, I do love that he says, you don't know how scary it is. Because here's mm-hmm. the thing. Like... And even more so for, you know, in your case, Eric, as he's your husband, right. f- more so than even me being your friend, like, we can see what you're going through when you're going through something like that. Right. We can be there. We can we can be there alongside of you to help and support however we can. But the fact of the matter is, we're not in your mind and body when those things are happening to you. Right. So while we can be there for you as much as we can and do our best to empathize and understand and again your husband even more so li- literally like living it with you when those times mm-hmm. come there's still going to be an aspect that someone who's not you will never fully grasp because it's it's just right. not it's not happening within them at that very moment physically right. and mentally and emotionally they're experiencing it with you but in a mm-hmm. different way they're still an outsider right. to an extent because you know, so I thought there's like,
1: no other way they can be No, they can't <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can't. Yeah, they can't. Exactly. Well, and Edda's response is mm-hmm. I'm like, this is exactly what somebody would say. Yeah. She says, I don't know. I can't know. Mm-hmm. You lived through this. I don't know what goes through your mind or what you think about, but it's over now, Sarah Khan. It's over. But come on, for SIRICON, it's never going to be over.
0: No, because he always has to think about what if it comes back. Yes. So, you know, yeah. Yep. So, so I love this next part.
1: Because <laughs> he says, Eda, I'm telling you all of this so you can understand why hmm. I made this decision concerning Kiraz. I can't be responsible for a child. I can't be a good dad. Hmm. And Eda responds... Uh, She says, why are you like this? Why are you so obsessed? Why does everything have to be perfect?
0: Okay. First of all, she's absolutely right. Because what he does Mm -hmm. mean is that he doesn't mean I can't be a good dad. He means I can't be a perfect dad. Right. (laughs) And she knows that.
1: Because his standard is perfection.
0: Absolutely. And she knows that. So I love that she calls that out. But then, my gosh, his gut-wrenching answer because Kiraz is perfect. You are perfect. You're a perfect woman. Your heart, your soul, your mind, all in all, you're a perfect person. I have one, I've had one thing on my mind ever since I saw you that first day, and it was you are not worthy of this woman. One day there will come a day where she won't be able to put up with you any longer. And we, how, we've been saying this, we've been saying this for months. We have been saying this. Like, this is, like, I mean, and he initially, he even said it back in episode uh, 10 or 11, maybe. I think it's, actually, I think it's 10. And, you know, because he's telling, um, or it's 11, whatever. He says it, it in one of those angsty episodes. And he, you know, is telling Angen, like, She's basically, like, a perfect angel. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, she's going to get sick of me even, like, because, you know, he's like, why don't you just tell her, dude? Like, and he's like, I can't, like, because I'm not – I don't deserve her. Like, he already, yeah. like, quote, knew he didn't deserve her. Mm-hmm. And this further gets cemented because these things that he sees as faults and right. imperfections in him that he can't control mm-hmm. – um, you know, he does not want to put them on her. And, again, we got that same hint when he kisses her um, at yep. the end of 41. Uh, was it 41? Yeah. Yeah, 41. 40, 41. Yeah. And, you know, and he's like, I'm sorry, Ada. I, I was scared. I thought I was dying. I couldn't drag you through that. Like, mm-hmm. all these little breadcrumbs that led to this exact moment. Like, yep. It, mm. So, she, um, she says – So you locked your heart and soul in a cage and called it living. Why do you put yourself through this? Why do you restrict yourself so?
1: And it's so interesting because, sorry, before you get into Mm -hmm. what he says in Mm -hmm. response, because this is another, another, hint of how they are so essentially different people yes. because edda her answer to everything mm-hmm. is love yeah how could i go through these hard things because i have love mm-hmm. how could i deal with the tough things in life because i have love how could i raise a daughter on my own because i have love she is so open her response to everything is to open her heart to other people yeah. to reach out to other people and Sercon's is to put up a wall because he's mm-hmm. like no no no I need to protect it I need to protect myself and that's how I'm going to cope with the hard things in life
0: yeah yep and he and like we all do when we get scared or in a situation where we don't know what to do we're going to revert to what we know mm-hmm. not not what mm-hmm. takes uh not what takes Necessarily being brave, not necessarily what takes, um, breaking a mold, like our initial gut reaction is usually going to be revert back to what I know, crawl back yep. into my shell, my little, yep. my little cove of safety or yep. what I think is safe, you know? Exactly. So he says to her, Edda, I'm used to solitude. <laughs> I've always I been know. alone. I was alone after my brother died. I was alone at boarding school. I was alone at work. I've always been alone. Then you showed up. You came into my life and everything changed. And then you left. And after you did, I have been living through our memories and your hallucinations for five years. So please, no matter how mad you are, don't say you forgot me because it's very hard on me. And please respect that. Good night. And he leaves. Here's the thing. So he's finally admitting that... He does believe he's easy to get over
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: forget about because that's that's part of what drove all of his reasonings for things is like, well, whatever pain she goes through initially that I inflict on her, it's going to be easier. It's going to be easier in the long run because then she'll just forget about me because I'm not worth it anyways. Yeah. So he basically said that he he's saying like, here is my like battered and bruised heart and feelings Mm -hmm. of self-worth self-worth. Here they are. And so what's the worst thing you could possibly do to someone like that is to say that they're forgettable. So
2: yeah.
0: while he's saying, like, you know, mm-hmm. all of his actions said otherwise as far as, like, yeah, forget about me. Right. It, really what he was saying was, am, am I truly that forgettable? And so he mm-hmm. does he want that confirmed? No. Like, no. of course he doesn't deep down want that confirmed. So he's just saying, be mad at me, be angry at me, hate my guts, but please just don't. Please don't tell me that I'm forgettable. Like, right. He's felt like all forgettable. He's been,
1: yeah. Well, and all he's been clinging to were memories. Exactly. And he's like, how could I possibly forget you? You're the only thing that's been good in my yes. life. What? That's what I need are those yeah. memories of you. And that's what I've been living on. Yeah. So for her to do the opposite and yep. to say that she's forgetting him – it's going to feel worse to him than it might be for her. And thinking, well, I just have to forget him. I have Mm -hmm. to
0: move on. Yes. So I just love that. Like, he's been forgettable his entire life. But he, Edda being, Edda would be the final straw for him. Like, Mm -hmm. being forgettable to her.
1: To anybody but
0: her. Yeah. (laughs) So this is where we get um, Ingen's tough love. And I am
1: here. the next day. For it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because he, of course, knows that, that Serkan's still in love with Ada. Yep. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay, Serkan, you're <laughs> in love with Ada. You're still in love with Ada. And Serkan says, yes. He says, do you love Kiraz? And Serkan says, Engin, yes, no matter how, what a crazy question it is, but yes, I do.
0: I love that that's how he answered it because. Yes. Again, he hasn't known her that long. So it does feel a bit like a crazy question to ask if you love this little girl. But, you know, he now knows that she's a piece of him, a piece of Edda. Right. This thing he never thought he could ever have. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And now, again, we've just and we've been given the idea he's been going back over their interactions in a different light. Mm -hmm. You know, so, of course, like there's this he's solidifying that little that bond that's already there between them but he's actually able to feel and acknowledge it like right and so I love that that's how Ingen presented it to him and you know what else I loved too though is Ingan getting emotional because you mm-hmm. know Serkan's like because Ingen's like didn't you want a baby with Edda isn't that one of the things you wanted most and he's right. like yeah but then all this stuff happened and of course I can't do that to them what happens if I let them, like, okay, I let them in and Kiraz gets attached to me and then I get sick again and I die and I just leave them halfway. Exactly. That's
1: all he can think about. Right.
0: And how that's going to affect them. Like, it's better for her to have never been attached to me and know me as her dad because then basically if I disappear off this earth, it won't matter. Yeah. Angen gets so mad and hurt here. Yeah. Because I, gosh, I love this. Because you know what? We haven't, this hasn't really been acknowledged yet.
1: No, it hasn't
0: and because and because it, it hasn't been the focus of the story and I understand that. but of it was course. very important to bring this up because Angin's like, do you think they're the only ones who love you? Like mm-hmm. do you realize you have friends who love and care about you? Do you understand like what would happen to us if you died? like and this yeah. is the first time I really had to think about the fact that Angen and Parole and all that they had to watch him be sick and almost die too. They not did. just Edda in a different way but we're
1: seeing the ripple effects for what they really are in this episode and the effects on all the people who surround serkan and Ada.
0: and so i love that he points out like are you going to run from us too then because hey we're going to be affected if you die so are you just going to basically lock yourself in your fortress of solitude and not have any friendships or relationships because well then none of us will be sad if you die like that's essentially what he's saying to him um and i love that it gives him some food for thought so he's like dude listen Please just go to your doctor. I know what he said. Just talk to him again. It's been years. See mm-hmm. what he says. And if he tells you the same things that, yes, you have over a 70% chance of it reoccurring, he's like, then, okay, I'll accept your decision regarding right. Edan Kiraz. But please just talk to him. And
1: he's like, you have a – go ahead. go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. No, because he's like,
1: so before you uh, throw away a woman who's in front of you who loves you endlessly – who devoted her entire life to you, and also with an incredibly beautiful daughter, the day one day they can spend with you is equal to their whole life. Yes, don't that, you I wanted, understand. I
0: wanted to make sure that line got said. That's why I was like, I had a feeling we were gonna say the same thing. Oh, Him sorry. saying, like, yes, basically one day is equivalent to a lifetime with you. So even if mm-hmm. all they get are days with you, that's better yeah. than an entire lifetime without you because those yeah. will be enough to last a lifetime. Exactly. Should there should there be something that takes him away from them, and I, oh, I was just like, "Hagen, yes, like I yes." Know. So,
1: so it's uh, the same morning, and Ada's waking up Kiraz, and Kiraz tells Ada that she had a beautiful dream, hmm. and that she dreamed that her dad was at her party. So she asks Ada, "Is he going to be at my party?" And Ada's like, "Well, I don't think he will because I don't mm-hmm. think he knows about the party." And she is kind of – we're seeing this uh, instance with Kiraz that we haven't seen before of her really being curious about her dad and like, hey, I want him around. (laughs) Right. And really missing him. So uh, Ada just kind of has to tell her, look, I think he doesn't know, but I think if he did know that he would come – And then Kiraz makes a a quip about, well, if only there were a way to send him a note. Mm -hmm. So this is a big hint, obviously, to what's going to happen next. Right. Because we get the whole family descending upon the Yilda's house and they're all talking about the party. It turns into bickering
0: and whose party is going to be better. There's Again, we flash back and forth several times before full panic is going to soak in that, like, oh Kira's it's not just Kira's yoke like oh she must be at the cafe like at some point right. the panic sets in like she's missing missing and then even IFair right. is like did you kidnap her to Idon and she's like Stupid. um how would we have done that like I get we'd have to know where she is first to even do that so can we like just focus yeah. on that please like yeah. so just you know it turns into this whole thing Eda freaks out but right. putting a pin in that Serkan all while this is happening Serkan mm-hmm. has a his his doctor comes to visit him yep who I love it because he winds up telling him like, "Listen, the things you're asking me, you need a therapist. Like that's not yeah. my specialty."
1: And he's like, "And you're, I can recommend you're a some to you." Perfectly healthy man. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: and, you know, and he's like, "But what about everything you said to me?" And he's like, "Yes, I said that a long time ago, but I also said that after five years pass." <laughs> if without it, your chances of getting a brain tumor are exactly the same as they would be for the average person who's never had one before. So it's been over five years. And it's now, (laughs) yep, it's you've passed the five year mark. So like, you're completely physically healthy. I can't speak to the other things emotionally, mentally, like, (laughs) right, you know, basically tells them, yeah, get help. Um, But you are completely healthy. So after that, We see this shift in in him, again, being willing to entertain the possibility because this is when he finally picks up that book and plugs in those USBs with the videos. Okay, sir, just – we haven't even gotten into it. I'm, like, getting goosebumps. This – I cannot say it. There aren't words, like, to describe literally how perfect this scene is because, number one, he killed it in his Mm – this 100% – I have no doubts in my mind this is the scene he was specifically talking about in that Instagram live. For sure. Um, But the the things we get into, number one, I know we kind of touched on this earlier. But again, the further proof that this was never a spiteful, mean thing on Edda's part. Because, I mean, she started making him videos while she was still pregnant. Like, Mm -hmm. just in case there would ever be a time in his life that he wanted to know these things right. and that you don't do that for someone who you hate or are villainizing or right want you know have bad intentions towards or anything like that you wouldn't you wouldn't do that and right. so that um and I I love that this showed the ups and downs too because we have the happiness of her being pregnant and saying you're gonna have a daughter in a few days yes. um yes When she's born, that euphoria of those brand new, you know, she smells so good. She's amazing. She's perfect. She smells like cherries. Maybe that's what we should name her. But then we also get her at some point down the road. She's just sobbing into the camera that uh motherhood is hard and she doesn't know what she wants. She's just been crying and I don't know what to give her. I don't know if she wants you. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, I'm a terrible mother. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't just like here's all these happy wonderful videos of our perfect life that we've led. Like Right. It was raw and gritty and I oh, I love that. Yeah, it. it
1: was it was beautiful and he's getting to see all of those moments. He's getting to see everything that he could have been a part of and you mm-hmm. can see exactly how much it's affecting him as he's watching it. And there's there's so much emotion and there are so many facets to this whole situation and this mm-hmm. whole scene where you know that his heart is breaking not only because he's missed this, mm-hmm. but because you know that he's blaming himself oh, for 100%. missing all of this. Yeah. Like we we know that Serkan deals with so much guilt as it is. Mm-hmm. But for him to see these things, and I'm sure, espe- like, yes, the happy moments mm-hmm. because the heartbreak and the bittersweet uh, effect that it would have on him from missing those things. But even that Eda was in so much pain mm-hmm. and was hurting and going through these things, and he was not there to help yeah. her.
0: He couldn't be there and- to encourage her and and hold her up. And be her other half.
1: And one thing I thought was really beautiful in this scene is that um, Eda says to him, Kiraz means to be born again. Mm. She reminded me of you. And I I feel like that's the perfect explanation. And Mm -hmm. summed up into like two sentences, that is the exact way that Eda feels about Serkan. Yeah. Because she has seen him grow... She she saw him grow from this robot, unemotional, you know, factory settings guy into the man that she fell in love with. Yeah. And in a sense, he was being born again. Mm-hmm. He was being reintroduced to life through Ada. And now she was getting this little piece of him and this little piece of life again by having this baby and seeing yeah. it in Kiraz. So the whole thing... The –
0: both of them did an amazing job. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, her make – even just her making those videos yeah. for him. Like, Hyundai killed it in that montage. Yeah. Obviously, Karem killed it watching it and, expe- mm-hmm. like, we experienced those feelings that Serkan was feeling with him. Right. And, like, um, I think, too, for him, it's also further proof – it's physical, tangible proof – that she never forgot him, like yeah. she literally made these for him. Yeah. So I love and that was he thinking
1: about him when she, when her daughter is crying. Yes. And when yep. she doesn't know what she wants, and she's when like, she's well, trying to eat the candles her off father? her birthday
0: cake, and when she's walking, right. and yeah, like, right.
1: and I mean, I there's something so, <laughs> I'm I think that anybody who is in a relationship there are certain there are always times when you're doing something or you're experiencing Mm -hmm. something and you're doing it without that person Mm -hmm. and all you're thinking is like oh man i wish they Mm -hmm. were here so we could experience this together or oh man uh they would love this if Mm -hmm. they could only see it and kind of hearkening back to that other person who has part of your heart who's in Mm -hmm. another place at the moment and I, this was really a sign of that with Edda. Yeah. Like, how many times was she going through and having those feelings when mm-hmm. she has this precious baby and all she's thinking is, if only Serkan were here, yeah. I wish Serkan could be here.
0: Yep. And I love that he didn't watch these until – because, you know, for all he knew before, when she just hands him the book and the things, it could just be stuff she recorded for herself, like
2: mm-hmm. a baby
0: book and memories. Because, you know, parents are going to do that for themselves. Right. So I love that he didn't see it until after he had said, whatever you, you know, be as mad as you want. Just please don't tell me that you forgot me. Yeah. So then this immediately being that reassurance that she, in fact, did the polar opposite. She has done Mm -hmm. nothing but think of him this entire time the same way, in a different way. Because for him, he was just holding on to memories and things like that. She was creating new ones Mm -hmm. (laughs) that she wished he could be there for. And right. so much so that she did what she could to make sure he was there for them in a way. So, uh, yeah. like, mm.
1: yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kiraz is missing. Everybody goes on a search party. Eda calls SERCON and is freaking out. And so, of course, he comes. And I also love that when he gets there, he's like, Okay, I've already, I've already called the cops. I've already got a search team going. Do like, you he's love already that? Done all of these things because
0: that is so Serkan Bola. Like there, oh, yeah. everyone else is frazzled and like, and I do love that. Engin's like, he takes charge and he's like, split up. You two go here. We'll go this way. Like yes. he already kind of starts that out. But Serkon, being Serkon, like, he's worried. Obviously, he's not just like, okay, I had to calm down. This doesn't matter. Right. He, But he's being but calm he's like, and cool and collected and under down. pressure. Yep. This is what I've already taken care of <laughs>
1: and mm-hmm. we're going to find her. Like, I I just appreciated that.
0: I um, completely agree. And I love that he's like, you stay here. just And she's, of course, she wants to be there looking for her. And he's like, no, what if she comes – like, if she comes back, right. somebody needs to be here for you. Her, so you stay here. Yeah. And then I love that he promises, I will find her. I mm-hmm. promise. Yep. Not we will find her. Not somebody will no, find her. I will find her. I will find her. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and that calms Edda too. Because mm-hmm. she has such confidence in him. You know that she trusts that he's going right, to do
0: it. That he is going to do it. And so we get a we get uh, pans over to all the different sets of people looking for her. Yeah. And a part of me is like. Kind of cycle through everybody. And I get it. It was also we could like have these moments with them. And I'm like, you guys aren't very good like child look forers like you're like having yeah, little, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you should be like frantically running around looking for her, but, but they're instead, flirting or you're, playing with drones you're, or you're flirting or getting friend zoned or playing with drones <laughs> or or you're you're having a little bit of a marital bickering with your husband while your son clearly has a secret to tell you and you're like you can tell me later <laughs> and it's like this this kid is your is kira's is like best, best friend, friend at the hotel and yeah anyways so and those are all want the things me hear his secret <laughs> right so those are all the things that we witness um, before mm-hmm. we get over to Sercon who just yeah. like in episode 15 is it uh-huh. um when Edda goes missing yep he listens to like his heart he listens mm-hmm. to like what he he reflects back on okay like he stays calm. I mean, even when he, yes, he was shouting for Edda and it sounded like panic, but Yes. Externally he was staying calm so that he could be fully present while looking for her. And that's exactly right. what he does with Kiraz. He mm-hmm. flashes back to um
1: Her saying that she's gonna leave him a clue.
0: Yes, like that she's gonna leave him a clue. Mm-hmm. Um and, and to
1: her when she runs over to John at the pool. Yes, Puts two and two together. Like that they're friends. Because he realizes – Well, and he realizes she's not the type of little girl who would just run away. She's going to leave a clue Mm -hmm. for people to know where she's at. And so he goes and finds John. Mm -hmm. And John basically spills the beans like, oh, yeah, I know where Kiraz is. And Zircon asks him.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that he's like, she asked me to write a note. Because I was like – Obviously, during the live, I didn't catch that because I was like, Well, wait, how did she write her dad a note? So, I because you know, she says she doesn't know how to read or write, so I was like, I loved right. that John was she had John do it for her, I thought that was yeah, adorable, anyways.
1: So, um He's like, okay, so where did she send the note off? And then he realizes as she says it, as he says it, oh, from the highest hill, Mm -hmm. that she would kind of release it into space, so to speak, for her dad. So,
0: So, of course, he knows exactly where to head. mm -hmm. And I, okay, I already loved this scene, but they play my favorite instrumental from the series. Um, and. And it's uh it's on our playlist, but it's called "Believe in Me." And as soon as that, I don't know. There's just something about that instrumental; it just gets me I emotional know. just hearing it. Just even mm-hmm. playing in the car when I don't even have a scene playing with it. So mm-hmm. I love that. That's what started playing here. Um, and then well, of- and
1: and I on on rewatching this, this is the the scene that actually made me cry. I didn't mm-hmm. cry through anything else, and this scene between the two of them, I was getting teared up because. Mm-hmm. He finds her, and he's like Kiraz, because she's just standing at the edge of this lake. She's got her balloon with the note, and she says Serkan Bolat, you found me. <laughs> <laughs> and he crouches down, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And uh, she explains that she's sending a note for her dad, mm-hmm. but she's trying to tie it the way that he taught her. Oh, like, <laughs> I oh know. My God. <sighs> my heart and he takes it and he's like here you know kind of let me do it and he takes it and then you mm-hmm. i'm sorry but the acting because his voice cracks when he says this. Uh-huh. he's like baba and he says it's your birthday today and he, she's like, "Yeah, it's my birthday." <laughs> yeah, she's just and, like,
0: "Yeah, duh, it's my birthday." Yeah, it's my know. birthday. <laughs> like, I'm
1: sending a note to my dad, Serkan Bolat, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's like, "And he's having an existential it. crisis." Yeah, <laughs> he's
1: like, "Today is your birthday," and she's like, "Yes." So he ties <sighs> it for her, and they let it go, and they watch it float off, and then he says come on. And he, we get a full handhold.
0: Well, before that, though, she asked him, do you think it'll reach my dad? And he says, I'm sure it will. (laughs) Because it already did. It did. And I
1: I think that's what got me. I was like, oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) So then then this happens. He turns around and says, let's go. And this is the first time their whole – and I mentioned this because it was in the Fragment last week, so I mentioned it in the last episode. But he's holding her hand with his full hand. He's mm-hmm. not just offering her his pinky. He's offering no, his her his hand. entire hand. So, mm-hmm. again, the foreshadowing of what was going to come next. Yep. So, of course, though, in in Serkan fashion, he just drops her off where everyone is. Yeah. So when she comes in, John's like <laughs> – Kiraz is back and then of course the relief with out. Edda and all of that yes I loved how well that was played yeah. and she's like you know um where were you what happened and she says how did I you get back and she says I sent a note to my dad mm-hmm. um Serkan Bolat brought me home though she says but he said he couldn't come to my birthday party
2: mm-hmm. and
0: so you know Edda's like well then don't worry about that you know there's all these people you know they kind of Gonna get her all happy and excited. Like all these people want to celebrate with you. There's gifts to open, cake to eat, yada yada. So they kind of right. try to mull right over that without making right. it a thing, which yeah. obviously is what you would want to do for a child. So oh,
1: right. So her and Ada go to change because yes, it's party they time. Need to change for the party. Yeah, Parties. They need the party time. <laughs> They're like yes. split
0: on. They reminded me of that Friends episode <laughs> where rachel's parents are divorced and they want to throw her a birthday party but her parents hate each other so chandler and chandler and um joey have a party in their apartment and Monica has a party oh, in her that's apartment. Right. It, mm-hmm. Anyways, it just made me think of that because they were two very different parties. <laughs>
1: right. Well, so, and Idon is like ha- making sure everybody's on the right side. Uh huh. And they're all fighting over which cake that she's going to uh, block the yeah. candles on first. But she doesn't really want to do anything. Right. Um, and then Denise comes in and it's funny because she gives her stilettos.
0: Stilettos? Like, <laughs> did you see Idon's like, okay, we'll put those away for 20 years? Yeah. Like, but she's like, so stilettos funny. never go out of style. And Kiraz yeah. is like, okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and Did then you she see? quickly leaves because she gets bored so quickly. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, I love that. And Ed uh, is so polite, though. And she's like, oh, thank you for coming to Nisana. I'm, like, thanks for the right. gift. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, party's, like, in full swing and all this stuff. But they're getting ready to do cake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Melo's like, I made you a star cake. It's, you know, it's beautiful. Let's blow out the candles. And she basically is like – because this is the first time she's been able to actually invite her dad because right. obviously we've known every year. Clearly, Edda just makes it known. Like, he just doesn't know and that's why he can't come. Right. But since she sent him a letter this year. Right. She she's knows.
1: Like, I – yeah, yeah,
0: I don't. I don't says, want. I don't want to do
1: anything until Dad gets here. Yeah, and, and of, course, of course they're like, oh, Crap, "What are we going to do?" He's not coming. <laughs> we have to get this party going. Uh huh. So they're just doing their best. Melo takes us a lemon little star frosting frosting star off the cake, and she's like, "Look, it's your favorite," mm-hmm. which I thought was cute that it was lemon lemon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um. They're all kind of like, hey, yay! This is great! Like, (laughs) come on, come on, Kiraz! Happy birthday! This is a fun party. (laughs) I love it though.
0: She's just like, "İstemiyorum!" Like, I don't want it. I don't want it. Oh my gosh! Now. By the way, you did cry at this because you sent me your voice memo oh, when yeah, this scene I did. played During out.
1: During the live, I cried at this. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and I have both of those. So I'll play those for you guys at the end because Ashley and I, I – didn't. neither Ashley or I realized at the time, but we, like, sent each other voice memos at the exact same time in our text messages. Of both of us crying. Of both of us, <laughs> like, crying while watching this scene live. So I, of course, saved them and I was like, okay, well, I'm playing those at the end again because they were just too good. Um, yeah. Anyhow, so – Ed is the first one to see because you see her entire demeanor change.
1: Yes. We don't see what she sees
0: yet. But she has a shocked look on her face. Maybe a Mm -hmm. tiny bit panicked. Um, And then everyone else starts to look up and see. Kiraz is Mm -hmm. facing all of them though. So her back is to whatever is happening. Right. Oh my gosh. And we
1: see an astronaut. (laughs) This suit is super okay, ridiculous. Okay, listen. Li-
0: a Asenahonim. You couldn't have sprung for something better than an Amazon or a Party City, like, costume. You know, you know.
1: Honestly, it looks like they had to do some some work with whatever they
0: had, uh-huh. and
1: they manufactured that costume. So with listen, if, other if, pieces, yeah.
0: So costume department, if you guys threw that together like that, <laughs> hey, bra- bravo! i This is not an insult to you because I. It's better than anything I could make.
1: And honestly, and, cute Roz isn't gonna care. No, she's like, not. It's, it's, but, I I almost wonder if it was meant to be kind of childish right. because mm-hmm. it's, it's for her, it's her party. Yes. But we get this very, oh my gosh, <laughs> this astronaut walking in. Uh-huh. But he has a balloon.
0: Yes, he got, got the balloon. Saying, and then, like, he got the balloon. He got her. No, yeah. like, yeah. How did he do that? Six minute dryer logic. He's circonbolat. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. This is we just apply six minute dryer logic to this because of course right. it's even better that he has the balloon. So it's like, hey, look at I literally got your no. Like, yes. ugh, Maybe yeah. maybe he used Engin and um, what's his face's drone to find it. <laughs> Anyways, um, um, yeah. Um, either way, he has it. And he's got yeah. the helmet on, so you can't, We know it's right. him. But yes. his, you know, it's a clear helmet. But like he's kind of uh why can't i think of the word i don't know you know like kira's probably doesn't necessarily see that it's him yet like sure yeah yeah he's a little Um, bit um blocked off i guess you could say like
1: yeah um,
0: yeah
1: um so she turns around and sees the astronaut (laughs) because he's still got his helmet on and she's Mm -hmm. like oh (laughs) and then she says baba baba Uh, because of course she's like uh, oh my gosh, is, is it my dad? Is my dad here? And it's the first time and, she's
0: ever sent said no. And then this astronaut shows up to her birthday party. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> and he takes off the helmet and he crouches down and he says, Happy birthday, daughter.
0: I loved And I loved it because uh, I had asked, and Miriam just texted while we were recording because um, I was like, okay, I know he doesn't just say do dun, but like he what? didn't enunciate it enough for me to fully hear I what heard he said. Mutlu? Kutlu, actually, but kutlu, yes, okay. they both mean happy. So, because I just love it, because he says "Dom Gunun Kutlu Olsun kizum. Okay. and that literally is like congratulating you that it's your birthday. Because "Eki Dönün" is good that you're born, which makes right. sense because we say things like "Eki varsin, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but it mid- it's bas- it's really just saying like congratulations on your birthday. So it's it's another way okay. of saying happy birthday. Okay. Um, okay, but oh my gosh, like. Yeah, oh, I the the perfect the
1: perfect arc. The, I mean, if oh, this episode couldn't have ended any better after it, all of the work that was done, yes,
0: like <laughs> and just to see how literally everything led up to this, like uh-huh. everything that's been happening since the beginning of season two, and then again the themes and things we even saw way back in season yeah. one, yeah, it all led to this, and we got to see like his heart finally get to a place where he could allow himself to want that again yep. or to think that he deserves it more, Right, I think, is more, you know, or that not only does he deserve it, but he's worthy of their love, whether or not he's going to be able to physically be around for eternity or not, you know? Yes. Um, yeah.
1: Well, and again, this is something we've talked about before on the podcast, but the whole I feel like with the whole arc of Serkan and Kiraz from the start, Mm -hmm. from their first meeting, and how they went from that first meeting to here, Mm -hmm. it very much has been shown to us. It's been all showing and no telling. Like, that's all we've seen with the two of them. For as much dialogue as we got between him and Eda this Mm -hmm. particular episode, the whole arc between him and that little girl... We have been shown their relationship. Yeah. We've seen him fall in love with her. Yeah. We have seen him grow to to have that affection for her and mm-hmm. same for her to yeah. have that affection for him. And it's it was a, the perfect culmination
0: Oh, it the really, perfect episode. <laughs> it honestly, I'm like truly debating if this knocks Eleven out of first place for me. Like, I mean... It's the, so... Uh, like I... Like I have zero complaints. Like I I know. And like it just all the again, just showing all these tiny, quote, meaningless, but not meaningless yeah. details adding up to this where it's like this all makes sense. Mm-hmm. This all like oh I just I just can't stress enough how much we just appreciate here at dizzy for Disney consistency <laughs> in writing and our characters. Like because then it leads to these big things like it leads to these giant things like this. And
1: and it's like this is why we – this is why you go through all mm-hmm. the work of sitting through those difficult things. Yep. And watching the two of them in so much pain mm-hmm. because once you get to the good stuff, it's that much sweeter. And
0: even, even Edda said it herself, like when she's talking about like – you know why it's so beautiful being her mom, because it's hard, and because yes. of the things I, because of the things I've experienced to get to this point. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it beautiful. And yeah. I, ugh, I just, yeah. So Ashley and I watching that ending scene live, <laughs> we're a little bit of a mess, and you'll get to hear that. I'll put, I'll add it to the end of after the credits again, like I did last week for the bottle scene. Um, yeah. But it, okay. So now, now we
1: get to see them as a little family yes
0: and And of course idon clearly still has ill intentions that i'm not even really worried about because you know the second sarcon finds out he's going to eat his mother alive for even entertaining a thought like that you know if she even goes so far and Kimal isn't like yeah we're not doing this and keeps her from doing it um but did you like i i think i texted it to you and i was like ashley he made her a flying house i'm dead (laughs) like because he you know just like she drew with The house with the balloons. I wonder if... That
1: fragment was amazing.
0: Well, and I'm wondering if he finds that folded up drawing in his pocket and is like, oh, let me make this for her now. And then did you see he has like a little... He has an area in his house that's like an Edda room. Like it has... An Edda shrine. (laughs) It has all his... (laughs) It has the globe. It has... Mm -hmm. It even looks like maybe the flowers again. Because, you know, we know Edda picked them up after they broke. So like I didn't think those were ever fully gone. Um so I feel like the flower. Oh I think the, the flowers are back. The, the globe, the handcuffs, even all the that starfish. The
1: is there. Remember
0: when he stole the starfish during the 30s when Denise like was like male Denise was like, "Oh yeah, when we were little because our names went together, star and sea and like blah blah oh. blah." And Sercon amnesia Sercon was bugged by that and couldn't figure out why. <laughs> But he had, like, picked up a starfish, and I was like, oh, so yeah. he swiped that starfish because there's, like, starfish <laughs> on the on the table, um, you know, old pictures and things like that, the, yeah. the little prince book. So, like, I'm really excited. I'm really excited, although we won't get to watch it live because we will be out of town. Um, right. So neither one of us will get to watch it live. Um, and I'm guessing it'll be pretty easy to avoid spoilers because we'll be busy vacationing, so we won't be, like, yeah. scrolling social media. Um, so we will – we. We won't record that episode likely until next Tuesday. So I week. almost, a almost, while, almost two weeks from now. So because we're recording this one so early. So I apologize. Right. Um, We'll have that little gap of time. But yes, yeah, so it'll probably be Tuesday, the whatever that date is, like the 12th or 13th yeah. or something. Anyways, um, I, yeah, I hope here's what, okay, did you, I got this like when the scene ended I immediately thought of the end of You've Got Mail, and when Meg Ryan is like, "I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you oh, so yeah. badly," and that I was, like, will say that to yes. him, yes, like, oh my gosh, like, or something about like, like my heart already knew Circumbola, or just some like just something right. like or that like, where, I
1: knew it, I knew it, Circumbola, something, uh-huh. yeah. yeah.
0: So I really. I'm excited to see – because clearly I am guessing these next few episodes are going to be about them being a a family unit of the three of them Mm -hmm. now. Not necessarily in a romantic way because I think the focus is going to be clearly on them being there for Kiraz. But of course there's going to be tension and feelings and all of that as we know. I mean even in the fragment they're like in towels and of course Melo catches them and it is like it's not what you think. Um, Yeah. So yeah, we're going to get all that kind of stuff back. So I, I, it'll be great. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I can't wait to see exactly how this all plays out and what our writing team has in store. So, yep. Um, I think, I think, I think we hit it all. Like, yeah. Oh (laughs) no, we for sure did. I think we hit it. So, um, yeah. Thank you guys again for sticking around with us for the second time this week. Um, Thank you to all of you who reached out and offered your help Um, since you guys, so many of you knew we were recording early and I love that you were like, I know you won't have a lot of time. So if you need help with things and all of that. So thank Mm -hmm. you to um, those three for helping us with scenes and all of that. And um, yeah, so you guys know where to find us. We will miss you next week, but we already can't wait to be back the following week to talk about uh, 44. Um, But yeah, you know where to find us all over social media. There's all kinds of links and stuff in these episode notes. So only thing left is until next time. Good to shoot Close to call. Kristen here again, as promised, uh, bringing you our live voice memo recordings from when Ashley and I saw that final scene for the first time. So if you want to hear those, stick around and I'll play those for you right now.
1: Well, now I'm actually crying. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
2: This is uh, <laughs> I'm actually crying
0: This is so beautiful it oh he put the astronaut costume on. one I am, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, (laughs) this entire episode was perfection.